0: Welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess.
1: Hello, Broads! 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 Wh- what is going on with you, Broads? What is going on with you, B? How are you? Good. Fine. <laughs> That's kind of been just no complaints. It's just kind of been the thing lately. I've been when I've been hopping on the phone for calls, and then people ask, like, <laughs> hey, how are you? And I, my automatic response always is like, I'm great. And then the person on the other line is like, uh, I'm like, actually, no, I'm, I'm all right, but I don't <laughs> just, I just say great. Honestly, without even honestly, thinking about it. I'm great. I love, I'm not going to lie. Like, aside from people, including my immediate family members being extremely affected by everything going on and how scary it is yeah I'm just talking course. quarantine so don't come for me I'm literally just talking about quarantine I fucking love it well it's great you you I love it you're in the pregnancy you're the nesting phase I'm it's pregnant like, I don't yeah. want to be anywhere I don't have to imp- and, and and like you said last time no FOMO that's right, the thing. It's, right. the, it's the best scenario. I know everyone else is doing nothing. Right. Therefore, I just do nothing. And I don't feel bad about it in the slightest cuz everyone else is doing the same thing. It's crazy to think it's already like been a month. I know we were I actually was just talking about that with Gray. I was like, "What do you think? When do you think it's actually going to end?" I I actually heard and I don't want to like I don't want to spread misinformation. You you sent this to me. mm mm-hmm. Mhm that the percentage is going down. Is that fact checked? I mean, I don't want to say a hundred percent because I haven't triple checked it, but I think today it was like, I think the very first day in China where there weren't any, um, deaths recorded. Um, uh, it, Italy has been leveling out. Like it seems like, you know, again, though, y- y- you never know, but it's, it's good to with all this, like, Bad, horrible news constantly, it's good to sometimes see like, OK, there there are people around the world who are starting to do a little better. And, you know, it's also encouraging because it's like, OK, guys, yeah, the quarantine sucks. But if we keep it up and we stay vigilant and actually staying at home like we're supposed to then, hey, in a few weeks, you know, it's just going to keep going down and hopefully gets to a point where there's, like, zero new cases. That's the thing. We're seeing so many states, like, really come together and just really hit this quarantine thing hard, and we're seeing the results in a positive way, which is encouraging that we're all doing it together. So there is no FOMO because we're all holding hands, not walking into the sunset together. We're all not holding hands, not walking into the sunset together we're all distant tube bread. <laughs> exactly. <That's- laughs> uh, but okay, so here's the deal. I don't know if you saw on our Instagram, but we had told you all that we were going to recap episodes seven, eight, and nine of Love is Blind. But here's the thing. Becca and I started watching seven and eight and it I was said, like, eh, it's too quick. much. It's too much. Our recap would have literally been four hours long and that shit would be wild and nobody would want to listen to that, you know, even though yeah. we talked about splitting it up. That's just too long. You and I would be yep. tired at the end of it, too. We would just be yawning oh, over no, our ex- Oh, no, it's too exhausting. Energy to, no. Yeah, to try to cover three? No, guys. I know it sounds like we don't really have to do shit, but... <laughs> That's actually exhausting to cover three episodes of reality TV and talk through every moment. You know what it is? It's it's the episode. it's the note taking, the vigorous trying to do it quickly and starting and stopping. It ends up when I watch a one hour thing, it typically at least doubles in time, and then I start to mix up shit if I get st- if I, I, just I do get too fatigued long. Fatigued too, you know, like my energy starts running out by like hour two, yeah. two hours and fifteen minutes, and I'm just like, then you start getting bored. You start to feel a little bit like Damien. Just like no expression, (laughs) just worn worn out to death, (laughs) or like Giannina just trying to like pick a fight and make something interesting out of absolutely nothing because you're you don't know what to do with yourself. It's very true. It's very true. Well, yeah. So we're just doing seven and eight basically, and we're gonna. I think we're probably gonna do nine, ten, eleven, and eleven together. Yes, and just throw the finale in because people are saying it's not super. uh, climactic so that should be next thursday yeah everyone says that the reunion has like a couple like five percent of some tea in it and everything else is pretty much nick lachey and vanessa lachey recapping and probably having their big moment on the series you know they found out that it did really well it ends up being netflix's number one show so they are coming in hot for the reunion and nick and vanessa are like we are going to be hosting this correct (laughs) They're like, we're about to we're about to get our moment, our chance at watch what happens live with Nick and Vanessa. Oh, Lord. Oh, you will. That's something I would not watch. No one can ever replace Andy Cohen. I just like your I liked your impression of Nick last on Tuesday's episode. You're just like, (laughs) stop with the improvised lines. Just. (laughs) <laughs> Vanessa is going off script again oh she, my God. Did, she really did I saw it when they're picking out the wedding dresses I was like no one wrote that and If they did they should be fired immediately <laughs> Like Nick definitely Seemed to he be can... a better host Like he was bantering More appropriately And Vanessa Wait. it just fell out of control Yes Wait Becca? do you watch Have you watched Nathan for you Oh, yeah, after you told me about it, it's incredible. Yeah, did you watch the episode where it's the knockoff Bachelor? No. Wait, okay. Wh- <laughs> Broads and Jess. Nathan, for you, I don't even have to talk about the show, doesn't matter. The thing is, is that he does an episode called The Hunk where he does a spinoff of The Bachelor. But he is, the premise of the episode is, and this is real, he is like, I don't have luck with the ladies, so I'm going to make my own version of The Bachelor where I'm The Bachelor, but it's going to be called The Hunk. (laughs) But this is the thing about it. He hires a host off of like, he puts this out on Craigslist, hires a host, rents a mansion, and actually gets all these girls to apply who think they're going to be on a legit show like The Bachelor. No, no. And produces like the whole first episode of The Bachelor basically, but it's his show and everyone... Yes, and he's the bachelor, and everyone thinks it's real. I'm writing this down right now. I'm gonna go watch this. It's after called The we're done. Hunk. <laughs> it's so it's oh, only like 20 god. minutes. Broads, please, <laughs> please do yourself the favor. The favor. It's yeah. It's called Nathan for You, Haunted House slash The Hunk is the episode. Oh my god, I'm super excited. Anyway, <laughs> sorry for that. sake. Well, you know what? It's just more distractions for us. It's beautiful. Um, Wait, I have one more quick question. Sorry, before we dive into Love is Blind. Yes. Did you list? Have you listened yet? I haven't to Peter's interview. No, on on Nick's podcast. And I actually like I'm itching to listen to it. It's just today I watched the double Love is Blind in the notes. So I, you know, didn't. But you better believe tomorrow I'm going to be listening to it and we can talk about it next. uh, Great. Next episode, because. Okay. I, I heard it's juicy. I heard it's really I didn't juicy hear too. anything about it, except that it's juicy. Yeah, I think that they what they said that he, that he gets into literally everything. All I know is I did see that clip of him on um on Nick's Instagram saying that when Maddie said that she, you know, wanted to wait to have sex until ma- a marriage that included uh, going on trips together, like sleeping in the same room and stuff. So he was just oh, like, she... this was just, it was just too hard for him because it was so, so he... different. So he knew, like, like, basically he wasn't going to get back together with her? I don't know for sure. I just heard him say that, that he was saying, like, yeah, she, she was going, you know, to this extreme with it. And I feel this extreme. And it's, it wasn't just about sex. It was even like being in a You hotel know room. me and you talked, you know, we said, I mean, we were totally talking about that. We're like. I know. We we knew it went beyond just that and that there was going to be issues. Yep. There were so there's right. it's just there was a catalog of things waiting for them of of potential problems. I mean, it's just what it yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to listen. I know, I'm excited. And then we'll chat about it. Um great. Anyway, uh so should we b- the episode? Should we dive in? Yeah, let's dive in. Let's dive in. Um okay, so it's naturally we're going to start with Mark and Jessica, right? <laughs> with, I mean, who else are we going to start with? Because every single one of these episodes ends with Jessica doing something to potentially break Mark's heart. And then it begins with him forgiving her in some way. And and this was no exception. I mean, the... Th- Okay, first of all, we start out the episode of episode 7 with Mark on uh, sleeping on the couch. He's on the couch the night be- <laughs> the night before Jessica was talking about how fucking sexy Barnett is. And there is not even any repercussions. Now, no, because she says that she just blames it on on drinking too much. Yes, which I'm like, if that's your excuse, then I guess you're going to get away with a lot <laughs> quite often. No, for on real, over though. drinking for real. It's like you that just can't, you know. I, okay, wait. Go ahead. No, go go. <laughs> go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> I'm feeling I'm feeling self conscious because someone said I interrupt you too much. <laughs> i'm like no please you no someone said i interrupt you too much so no please you go ahead we're at a standstill um no (laughs) finger guns up oh my god okay no i was gonna say did you catch how like in the first 30 seconds. He blames their lack of connection on this superficial external world, and I think I laughed out loud. I was like, oh, this... Oh, things were peachy until now. Becca, I screamed. I screamed at the TV, and I was like, okay, after what she said to you last night, yes, okay, even if you're gonna write it off as drunk, do you know what? When I'm obliterated, (laughs) if I say something to Evan, though, I... I don't recall having moments in my life with Evan specifically where I got drunk and said something completely false and out of left field, right? So, obviously, there was truth behind what she was saying and Mark... Because when you're drunk, you want it to dig. Yes, and Mark knows that she was going to choose Barnett, okay? And so, on top of that, he hears her saying that she thinks Barnett's fucking sexy and he still... Isn't able to just be like, obviously there's something deeper and he's blaming, like you said. Yeah, he's saying society is very superficial age, race, creed, color. And I was like, the problem, Mark, is that you think that you and Jessica are arm in arm fighting all those stigmas and Jessica's probably part of the problem. So not really sure. <laughs> I wish sure. we could just f- fast forward to the end of our Recap that we're about to do and talk about her sitting down with Barnett because that was unbelievable. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I couldn't believe it. Well, she in this situation, she <laughs> she's apologizing for over drinking, and then Mark says, "If you were sober and said some of those things, I would probably walk out." <laughs> and in my brain, Jessica oh my is God. just pausing and is like. Can you write down exactly what I said, word for word? And 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 you said you would walk out if I was sober, saying it right. <laughs> okay, good to know. Got it.
0: I'm just gonna repeat Dude, if that again. said that
1: to me when I was, if someone said that to me when I was drunk, and we were three weeks into a relationship where three weeks ago they were about to get with someone else, and they had the audacity to say that when they were drunk. Bye. Peace out. On top of all the other problems that these two have been having, I'd be like, yeah, this is going to be a hard pass for me. No. Ridiculous. Well, I, I was surprised. I thought it was going to be kind of what you predicted, where, like, I thought she was sort of going to somehow blame it on him. I was actually, like, surprised at how sorry and remorseful she was, even at, though she was just blaming on being drunk. I I agree. And I I wrote down, I... In this moment, I th- was thinking it does seem like Jessica. D- I think she does care about Mark in like a selfish way as a companion. I think that she she doesn't want to push him too. She wants to be in control, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I and I think yeah, I think she she does really like I do think she cares about him. I do think she enjoys his company. And obviously later on, too, in the episode, we see that she has had like she has background stuff. And she pushes away the right guys and all that. So there's probably for sure that in the back right. of her brain too, where it's like, right, is he the right guy? You know, am I forcing the situation? But I don't want to push him away. You know, I I don't know. There's probably 15 yep. things going on. But I was surprised too, like you said, that she wasn't right away. Just like your yeah. fault. You said that about yeah. G. Yeah. Part of me also wonders how much she you remembers me to that point. <laughs> do you think she yeah, even true. remembered it though even saying that about G that's what I thought but that's what I thought but she said something in her like apology that made me think that she did remember it I was wondering the same thing but she said something in an interview or to him where she was just like I don't, I don't know she just said something that made me think that she did remember it yeah because I had the same thought. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's probably all very fuzzy. <laughs> it's probably a little fuzzy. Well, so Becca and I, I think we're going to do what we did last time. We're going to go like couple by couple unless it's the group situation. So should we just get into Jessica meeting Mark's family? Yeah. Before we do, let's take a quick pause. Yeah. You know what? Let's let's do that. Um, (laughs) let us, let us pause, um, let us pause and pray and let us pray to the most comfortable sheets that I've ever laid my body upon, because (laughs) I'm not going to lie. After I binge watched so many of these love is blind episodes recently, my stress is through the roof, uh, dreading dreams of Jessica breaking into my house and forcing my dogs to drink (laughs) wine, (laughs) which... Of course, um, isn't super conducive to restful night's sleep, especially because I always watch TV right before I go to bed. But broads, I'm excited to tell you about the most perfect set of sheets I have ever slept in that helped me sleep like a baby and its attitude. Oh, attitude. Broads, if you want to get the best sleep of your life, even after binge watching every single episode of Love is Blind, you've got to give these sheets a try. Yes, these sheets right here. I'm talking to you, YouTube fans. I'm sitting on them. <laughs> for me, fabric choice and quality is so important, especially when I'm sleeping. And um, silk isn't breathable enough for me. Linen feels scratchy on my skin. And seriously, though, that's why I love Attitude because they use clean bamboo fabric, which has been proven to be the perfect fabric for me and so many others it keeps me cool at night even though i get pregnant sweats normally and it's ridiculously soft yes an organic clean bamboo is extremely breathable it regulates your temperature like b was saying to improve your quality of sleep it's pretty wild how how much it helps um also organic clean bamboo recycles 98% of water it uses so it's the most sustainable bedding available I actually yell at people about attitude because it's changed my sleep life life so much. And truth is, Let's talk about Evan for a second. Evan is very low key. It takes a lot for the guy to get excited. Ask the man about Attitude sheets, okay? Go ahead and ask him, and you'll never see a more passionate giddy boy. He freaks out. These che- sheets changed his life. Um, so why not try Attitude? These amazing sheets have a 30 day risk free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your sheets for a full refund. They even cover the return shipping. Yes, and Attitude sheets—they're softest silk. Breathable as linen, but at the price of cotton, you're going to love them. Right now, our listeners will get 20% off their sheet set and free shipping. You just have to text chat to 64,000. The only way to get 20% off your set of attitude sheets and free shipping is to text chat to 64,000. That's C H A T to 64,000. Okay, Broads, I am actually tingling getting ready to tell you about our newest partner, Audible, whom I have been using for years and years now. Uh, Audible, they have helped me. I'm, I'm telling you, they have helped my brain stay active at a time where, to be honest, it feels a little bit like mush. Um, Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks ranging from bestsellers to news uh, to business to self-development. Right now, I'm actually listening to one of our previous guests, Rob Bell. Um, His book, What We Talk About When We Talk About God, it's actually fantastic. And it's been very calming for my heart, I will say. Jess, I think last year you actually recommended that I specifically get a book read by Rob Bell on Audible. This, I remember. You this, told you told me like in particular. It's his voice is so calming and relaxing in that specific book that I'm now listening to. I listen to when I'm feeling stressed. He just uh, puts the world in perspective yeah. in a beautiful way. It's lovely. Just wanted to say that Jess legitimately gave me this recommendation like a year ago to get Audible and get this book specifically. Anyway, count me in. Uh, it is been, it's been a small silver lining of quarantine to be able to listen to audible content and it's a way to escape reality for a little bit with an exciting new audiobook and you can be in- entertained by a comedy special or even learn about a new subject that's always piqued your curiosity. And the app is free and it can be installed on any one of your smart devices and you can easily switch between them without losing your place. How it works is simple. Every month, members get one credit to pick any title plus two audible originals from a monthly curated uh, selection plus access to daily news digest from papers like the new york times wall street journal uh, and more as well as guided meditations podcasts theatrical performance literally anything you want audible more i didn't know about the guided meditations. oh yeah i just checked that out like two weeks ago they have some fantastic ones on there fantastic um Audible has everything but if you can't decide what to listen to or if you need a little bit more time all good you can keep and use your credits for up to a year. I'm telling you Audible has saved me many times through the past few years. When I am feeling anxious I have just I just feel better when I throw a book on Audible, put on my headphones. Um, it personally has really helped me a lot. I like to keep my hands busy and then be able to have that going in my ears. It's been a huge lifesaver for me on many occasions. Visit audible.com slash chatty or text chatty to 500 to get started with your Audible membership today. You'll have instant access to thousands of titles, thousands, almost every book I can think of is on there. Mm-hmm. Choosing where to start will be the hardest part. That's audible.com slash chatty or text chatty to five hundred five hundred to get started today. Okay, so Jessica meeting Mark's family. This okay. was this is a beautiful moment to me because they have spent the past like seven previous episodes with Jessica saying, I don't care what you say, Mark. I know this is going to piss off your family. And <laughs> the reaction was quite <laughs> it was quite true to what Mark said was going to happen because, oh, okay. I don't know. He knows his parents. I know I could. OK, though. I could see him being the type of person that's gonna like doesn't really like pick up on women and be like, my mom's going to love you. And his mom could be like, I actually thought that that could be a possibility Yeah, no, that his true. mom was going to be super standoffish towards Jessica. I was like, eh, maybe his mother who he's known his whole life. But then again, <laughs> but then again. We but you know. know how guys are like that like i'm sure peter would say the same thing about his mom true very true you know yeah. he'd be like my mom's so loving and like oh my god no it's gonna be a breeze open arms to everyone not so much oh Lordy. see, <laughs> <laughs> see? your well, fault um well I, I mean i was like also no wonder he wants to her to be like his mom look at that meal oh my god I, was I know salivating. are you kidding me well I felt like right away the fact that his mother was like wanting her wine in her special wine glass and was like uh, and called herself the queen of the house I was like I feel like you know I see why Mark vibes on Jessica there's kind of a similar energy here I'm, I'm catching those those waves um my most now if only he could pick up on his <laughs> I was just going to say, if only he could pick up on his dad's vibe and just not talk, Jessica might be more attracted to him. Maybe that might be what happens eventually down the road if they do stay together. <laughs> now, my most favorite part of this entire scene, like by a mile, was as soon as they sit down at the table, Jessica tries to offer the underage brother some wine. And she's like, John. <laughs> she's like john you ready not yet okay he is not amused and i'm like bitch stop trying to give these stop trying to give dogs wine under its children she's like yeah she's looking for their pet being like is there a is there a cat under their table is there someone that can get drunk with me i don't know what do you guys have a (laughs) six-year-old okay maybe a guinea pig a hamster even it's fine i just put him next to my glass okay my favorite moment by far (laughs) was when jessica thought that she was going to get somewhere asking his mom if he's ready and, like, isn't he going to be wasting his 20s? And he's like, first of all, I was like, why are you asking his mom that? Like, that was so uncomfortable, first of all. But then... His mom's response was just like, oh, I I don't think age matters at all. I was 18 when I got married and, you know, 30. We've been in love. And I was dying. It was incredible. Jessica was literally doing everything she could to get his mother to be like, you know what? Actually, this is too big of an age gap. You're right. Or. No, you know what? 20s. He's not ready for marriage. She was not getting anywhere. I mean, it was it was to the point where she was like his mom said she was excited. Yeah, (laughs) She was excited. And Jessica was like arguing with her. She was it was it was somewhat argumentative. She was like cutting her off, kind of being like, yeah, okay, that's fine. But like for me, my 20s was a very, you know, it was exciting. It was pivotal. And his mom's just like, well, you know, if he says he's ready, seems great. go for it i know i was that was in that was unbelievable while his dad was just just literally everyone else in this family not spoke not a word like they were just sitting there in silence the entire I know, time like his like his niece or cousin or whoever like there was all these random people and no one said anything not a word And you could tell that Jessica was like, you know, that that panicky feeling when you're trying to fill the void, the silence, (laughs) which she was trying to explain how they met in the uh, in the pods and was like telling the story. She was like weaving this tale to try to get some sort of excitement going because it was just dead quiet in there. Oh, so brutal. It was so brutal. Well, and then eventually when his dad spoke up, he was like, I listen. And (laughs) yeah. Didn't really say anything else. He's like, <laughs> okay, I just said I listen. It's like, you know, I enjoy listening, and you guys, I enjoy you both being here. So, sounds good for me. <laughs> okay, and then this was my other favorite part. There's so many favorite parts. This was a great scene. After this dinner, Jessica goes, actually, in the interview, actually, that's the problem. No one has called us out on our age gap and that it will happen. (laughs) She literally acknowledged, actually acknowledged that, well, you know what? His family accepted it. And I guess his friends accepted it. And really everyone in his life who matters has all accepted it. But it's going to happen. And that, but the she's problem. like, but actually, that's the that's the real issue is that no one has called us out, and we're not ready for it. And Mark's living in his little dreamland, no, assuming that because his family and friends are all okay with it, that we're not going to have problems <laughs> in the real world. But guess what? We're going to have so many problems, and we're not prepared for it. And that's the problem. This this girl is all over the map. She is all over the map. Same same exact like thing where in. The episode before, like literally the night before, she was sitting with Barnett talking about how dissimilar they are. And in front of his parents, she was telling Mark's parents how similar they are. And of course, it was all surrounded about Italian beef. And that was literally the only time that I saw his dad crack a smile was when the word Italian beef got brought up. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean... I don't know what this girl is going to have to do. I don't know what she could do to get rid of Mark. I think at this point she could have sex with Barnett and Mark would somehow square it as her needing to get it out like, of oh, her She system. was really drunk. And, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know what she could do. That, she, there's no way for her out unless on the wedding sequence, you know, episode or whatever that she is a runaway bride. She just doesn't show up, but then I feel I feel like mm-hmm. Mark Mark will find her somehow. <laughs> totally, she's gonna have to pull a Carol Baskin husband situation and just dip out of the country and just change her name. <laughs> That's the only way this is gonna work. This is the only way she's gonna get out of it. It's strange to me that we don't meet Jessica's family at all, and I. It's also strange that we don't see um, we don't see Cameron's family um oh yeah and it's hard for me to tell whose family i mean damien's we know well we're about to get into that Um, yeah but um yeah i think it was just cameron and jessica that's yeah you don't see their families which is odd to me that they don't even like address oh like her family maybe didn't want to be on camera or they live across the state or across the country and that kind of thing yeah even though gianina's uh both her mom and dad and the stepdad all flew in from Florida. They were really committed. Oh yeah, they were. <laughs> they were real committed. Her mom was like ready to get hired for real housewives. <laughs> okay. Jeanine and Damien, we might as- let's get into them. Let's no, no, in- no. Mark, uh yeah, Jeanine and Damien, yeah. Yes. Can I say one thing about Jessica and Mark before we move on? I just want to say yeah. that with Jessica making these, like, you know, causing a scene about the whole age difference thing. There has not been one moment minus his unaware, like him being unaware. There has not been one moment where I was like, oh, Mark is very clearly 24 minus seeing his maybe living situation. But as far as who Mark is, I feel like at least personality wise with their age gap, they're going to go out in the real world and no one's going to have a problem with it. Oh, no one's going to notice. They- no, I th- I agree. I think watching the show, it's like his naivety yeah. is very obvious, but no, I... If I saw them out together, I'm not going to be like, holy shit, what a cougar. <laughs> no, right. And honestly, Mark has kind of this like ageless energy and look to him, too, where I'm kind of like, I don't know what age you are. I don't know what like. Yeah. He's, he acts more mature. I feel like he's very mature in a lot of ways. And he. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to come across as But his look issues. is ambiguous, too. Yes. His look is ambiguous, too. Like, he could be one of those weird high schoolers that can grow a beard, and he could also be, like, a 35-year-old, and exactly. I would believe both. Completely. Completely. So, just want to say that I don't Aw. believe that they're going to have a problem if they do remain together with no. dealing with people. No, That's all. No, 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 Alright. No one's going to give a shit. <laughs> okay, Gianina and Damien. Um, this- we leave off <laughs> after their fight, I guess. I was a little bit confused about, and then I realized, oh yeah, the Yes, the night before they had their blowout at the party. Yes, with her screaming at him, him yelling that she's breaking his fucking heart. And so we start off with them. You know, clearly they haven't made up because she's kind of stomping around. But she's like, come hang out with me, please. I want to talk to you before she had to leave or something. Yeah. And then in her interview, she's talking, she's blaming yelling at him on being Italian and on how she self sabotages, which I thought was kind of funny because in our last recap, we were like, look at Damien telling her that he connecting it somehow to her self sabotaging. And yet, again, they were right about each other. That's why she said she was doing it. Or is it convenient for her to blame it on like, being a bitch on just self-sabotage. Like, that's just, oh my, like, that's just how I am. I'm self, I just, I self-sabotage. Look at me screaming at you in totally (laughs) inappropriate situations. That's just me, ugh. It's me running from commitment. I, over the, the, (laughs) the next, in these two episodes, I feel like I got a little bit of a better grasp on who Giannina is. And I don't, I don't think good. I just don't think that she, I don't think she's bitchy at all. I think she is a very immaturely passionate person who loves the ups and downs in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. I don't think she, but this is the thing. I don't think she, and I don't even think that she knows this. This is what I'm saying when she's blaming on it. I'm not saying she's like lying about it. I think that she's... That's just like the thing that someone told her once, maybe like a therapist or something, or like she saw it on a movie. And now that she says that, like my relationships end because I self-sabotage. And it's like, no bitch, it's because <laughs> you like the extremes exactly like you were saying. I don't think it's self-sabotage. I think it's literally her just living for the highs and shit gets boring really fucking fast. And she likes that up and down. And, you know, Damien brings it up too. the, 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 you know, have sex, make up, right. freak out because whenever he corrects her or like we see later in the, in this in episode eight when he is correcting her, he's like she all of a sudden gets really turned on like she likes all of a sudden when he comes down yeah. or like when they're fighting and she's all of a sudden like, oh, my God, I've never loved Which- you more. I could get with Damien, too, because it's like Damien is such a fucking stick in the mud who doesn't do anything like I would probably do the same thing and be like, wow, I'm eliciting an emotion from his face, like any kind of emotion. Wow. I'm turned on because he has he's like fucking Toby from The Office. Oh, not Toby. Uh, yes, Toby. When when someone DM'd and said and compared him to Toby from The Office, it is Toby, Wait, right? Wait, someone. I didn't. I didn't see that DM, but he is Toby. He is Toby. I can't unsee it. The personality, the way he, the way he looks. It's 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 spot on. It's spot on. Except, I think Toby's a little more sensitive than Damien might be. Damien, I feel I like, is kind of showing some cold colors and. Him and Giannina's relationship in these two episodes to me is becoming a little more like um, like father daughter type energy where he's kind of just always correcting Uh, her. And she then like throws a little bit of a temper tantrum. You know what I mean? But like I can't like I can't tell if I think he's an asshole or not. Like I can't decide. He goes in and out for me for sure. Well, and then also sometimes it's like, I'm like, oh, you're just being an asshole. And then he like says something. And I'm like, well, but that's valid. Yeah. I, and so I'm kind of, I don't know. But she, she, I think he thinks. She then starts. Yeah. I think he thinks that she's smart. Like, he, I think he is like, I'm a lot smarter than her. So I feel like maybe that's why he can come off that way, too. Where he thinks he's a lot mm. smarter. And I think in some ways, yes, he is smarter, but I think in some ways she's absolutely smarter than him. And I think he prides himself on being in control. Mm. I think that's what it is, in control of his emotions, in control of his life. And I think that that is his. Like pride and joy in his own personal glory, that he can then throw at Jeannie to like you're out of control your house is a mess and you can't control your emotions and like yeah he's definitely a meal prep chicken with no flavor broccoli type of guy who labels them monday through friday has a designated cheat day type personality for sure i'm telling you the group project nightmare <laughs> Well, this conversation is unbelievable. And I am so I am so blessed by Netflix that we were gifted this to see on national television. I could not believe when all of a sudden Giannina goes and she's leaning up against the counter. She goes, you know how you tell me this is the best sex of your life. Have you noticed that I don't return the compliment? She literally thinks she's on a telenovela. I can't. Stand it. Continue. <laughs> I love it so much, and I could not believe she said that on camera. I couldn't believe it. And then, oh, I could. I continue the sex piece. I have a note. <laughs> and then he goes, and everyone watching is quaking as this is happening. By the way, everyone is quaking. I was like, I was. Grayson was reading a book next to me, and I was like. Oh! <laughs> shaking opening (laughs) his eyes to make him stare at this and then he goes um uh I don't I don't say it's the best sex of my life too or is that what he said no no he said I said that once and he said and you say it's great and that it's like awesome every time oh yes 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 and he said yeah who said oh he said I that's what it was I said that one time And also, yeah, you said, wow, that's amazing. That was great. Every time you say, that's really good. (laughs) Yeah, it's great, but it's not mind-blowing. Which I'm like, fair. When he said the thing about like, oh, it's very, you say it's really good. I'm like, oh, oh. Damien you fucking idiot like what do you what is is someone gonna say like are you gonna finish a session with someone and be like that wasn't very good especially let's remember oh I just don't say anything they don't say anything or they've been (laughs) they've been together for what seven days at this point ten days like what are you gonna say to somebody like uh yeah that was very mediocre mediocre at best (laughs) like of course and then he's like he's like well it's not great but then you initiate it and she's Screams and it rattled me so hard. I thought uh, that her screams were going to wake Ruth up. She goes, that's it. That is why you don't initiate it. But that's no, that's it. Why don't you initiate it? And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. I, though, had this moment where as much as the, re- the like this whole conversation was just out of control but i could i i saw gianina in this i understood her like Oh, yeah, it was the most relatable conversation ever. It was so relatable. I was just like, rat- like I mean, scribbling yeah. notes down quickly because I'm like, you know, exactly what she's talking you know about. Exactly. Like every p- virtually every woman is like, yeah, I know exactly what's happening here. It's that feeling yeah. of just like, OK, yeah, great. Once we're actually in bed and we're having sex, maybe maybe when they're actually upon insertion it's fine and it's all well and good and he's maybe yeah. decent at some thrusts but it's like when you feel like you're having to initiate every time and like you said Damien is such a stick in the mud you know that there's just no passion and yeah, there's a lack of sensual there's a lack of sensual energy that's what I was picking up on yeah it's very like robotic and which so, is not hard to imagine no <laughs> so and so you know yeah they have this insane back and forth about like and they don't go into the other room they're screaming like they're in the pod yes and we see this a few times during this episode where it's like people it, it, it's almost like that's their security blanket is when these people are in their pod situation and then they realize they have that moment where uh where when she said, do I give you butterflies, Damien? And he says, not right now. Oh, my God. And then she says, I lost my butterflies and I've been trying to get them back. And in that moment, G actually sounded like a little girl who had physically lost her pet butterflies. The way that they're having this conversation, it didn't even sound anymore like they were talking about sex. And so then I just I said you audibly. I was like, why? uh it's. I lost my butterfly. i trying to get them back. You're, I'm trying to get them back. And they're having this conversation that is so uncomfortable. And you think that you're like, every time you're like, this is it. They're going to end it. It's done. And somehow that like feeling of hating on each other is what unites them again. Always. I said a mug. No, I need a mug. I asked Grayson to get me tea. Sorry, Broads, <laughs> and he came in with my tea in a glass. I said Rude. a mug. <laughs> Sorry, Jess. you know what, Gray? What you, you know what, Gray? You don't give me butterflies anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I've been trying to get them back. You don't listen to me. You don't know me. You know that I like my tea in a mug. You don't see me. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, so I just had this moment where I was like I was like wait, she, she wanted to be on The Bachelor so bad. If if Giannina didn't audition for The Bachelor previously, I don't I don't believe that there's a god. Like, th- that is how, how confidently I or, am. Or we're totally off. or <laughs> we, we don't know people anymore. We don't know the human condition exactly. anymore. Exactly. We do not understand. And we're off about absolutely everything. Like, Evan doesn't love me. Granted. My child doesn't love me. I'm wrong about all those <laughs> things. For sure. Granted, this probably worked out way better for her than The Bachelor. Oh, yeah. You get so much more screen time. Absolutely. Right? Way more. Well... Okay, yeah, this, like you said, though, somehow they it, it goes into them being like, it's nice talking between the two walls and we're back on, baby. And I was like, what? And it gets like creepy, horny real fast. Like all of a sudden it was like, you like that wall? You want to rub up against that wall, baby? Put your ass up against that wall. <laughs> when I, this is where I actually screamed you out loud. When he said with his disgusting jeans... And we have that disgusting putrid shot of his jeans and his ass, his not their ass, like already half thrusting into her. And he says, I can be passionate as f- I can be passionate as fuck. I was like,
0: I hated it.
1: it was I hated it so, so disgusting I hated it so much. And, you know, they had, cr- and you know, they had a crazy sex. Picture it. Think about it. Think about the crazy sex. And he definitely kept. I would rather think about my parents having sex than about him thrusting in those jeans. And by the way, you know, the reason <laughs> that that he knows that Giannina or that that he claims that Giannina says it's really good is because, you know, Damien's the type of guy that after every session of sex they have, he goes out of his way to ask. Well, you also know he's that guy that his definition of good sex is like him pounding in like as far as he can like when he's just really thrusting like he doesn't do the rabbit he just does like really hard like rock your pelvis thrusts he's like you rattling want your bones you want it deeper you want it deeper and you're like no i don't yeah I, yes but that's I, my cervix but i bet that is the type of person that would be like into that like yes i do want it like that like one of those people that says like I want my guts rearranged or something. Like whenever people say that, I'm like, oh, (laughs) like oh, my body hurts. No, thank you. (laughs) My ovaries. I just need the. I just need the first four inches penetrated. Thank you very much. In fact, just hold it there, like straight up, honey. You can be actually very small, and if you know how to move, we are fine. I do not need some long you and I piece. Have, you and I have talked about that. We're like, oh, it's so good when he just holds it in, oh, and just doesn't move. The best <laughs> sex move in the entire world is when they stick it in and they don't I agree move too. Oh my god! Or just bare, or very slowly m- moving in and out. I mean every once in a while it's fun to have a good romp in the sheets but read my lips let's be real read my lips a human dildo <laughs> that's i mean what i'm looking yeah for. Do i do you know that feeling i'm talking about when you when you get your cervix hit by a dick and it that shit hurts there's nothing pleasurable about that to me that's for sure oh oh god i hate it anyway um so <laughs> anyway. we're left there well, next we quote unquote meet Damien's family, and I do feel like we get a good idea of what Damien's family is. This is weird. That was weird. It's so awkward because the way that they play this out is you you get the idea that they are in the parking lot to Damien of Damien's parents' place or or hotel or something. Because Giannina at one point says like we're here, and they're not doing this. I'm I did not get what was going on or where they were. Yeah. Well, there was a couple comments that she threw out where she kept saying, like, we knew what we were getting into. We had weeks and it made it sound, at least to me, like either one, he didn't really prepare his parents and he knew Right. Or two, his parents did know and last minute they were like, we don't want a camera crew showing up to our house because Giannina then said, your parents knew that this had to be the way that they were going to meet us the whole time. Yeah, I think that maybe they were on the way to meet them and then like pulled over or something because otherwise, if they were getting there, like to the hotel parking lot, for instance, you would think that Giannina would have her makeup done. Just a thought. True. Very so true. Maybe they were on route and then they were the producers or whatever were like, I mean, you can't talk on the phone and drive anymore. And it seemed like he didn't want to put them on speaker. So maybe then they had to pull over. I don't know. Yeah. It was weird, though. It was very weird. And I. Again, it was a situation where I think that that her Giannina's reactions to me because they are so theatrical are are over the top and can be inappropriate. But I understand her getting really irritated in this situation because it would feel like a moment where on the boat, where Janine is like, tell me what's wrong. And then it ends up, she ends up finding out that he's stressed because he like basically potentially gave up his job to be there, blah, blah, blah. So it's almost like Damien, you knew that we, you've known for weeks and, and now I'm not going to, what, meet your parents until the day of our wedding? I don't, I don't know, though. I didn't, I didn't really get why she, I mean, like, I, I thought it was kind of a stretch why she was getting mad at him about it, because I felt like it was very obvious that, like, he has a weird relationship with his parents and, like, doesn't isn't really in a position with them where he can be like, what the fuck? You're canceling on us five minutes before. I mean, you see his demeanor on the phone. He's just kind of like, yeah, well, um, yeah, I'm disappointed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. OK, bye. Like, it seemed very obvious that he wasn't in a position to, like. Like, obviously, he just has a different relationship with them than she has with her parents, for instance. I don't know. I didn't like I sort of saw how it could be his fault, but like also not really. No, what I'm saying is I think that her her reaction to the situation was not appropriate by blaming it entirely on him. But I think she was just like, I understand being frustrated in the situation of like, we're on the way and you find out that they don't want to meet us. Or yeah. like, you know, or and then also then that feeling of like, she, I'm sure with Giannina's personality, she feels very personally rejected, even though well, it clearly wasn't about her because she heard that comment that his parents made about not meeting a reality TV whore. Don't marry some whore off of reality TV show. I was like, uh, OK. That's a little gnarly. Okay, I didn't, and I know we got messages about this, too. Obviously, you probably noticed it immediately, too, while watching. I didn't get why they were editing the conversation the way they were, because you could tell her makeup was at different stages during their car conversation, and I didn't really understand why they were chopping it the way they did. And someone messaged us and was saying that, like, they made... The, episode, the, the conversation seemed more dramatic, but I actually sort of thought the opposite because I noticed in the scene that the, like one of the last cuts was her, them being like good with each other. And it was when she and they were hugging and it was when she actually didn't have any makeup on at all. So I felt like they sort of edited it to look like the conversation wrapped up. Interesting. But I know because I noticed that some of the scenes where she was really fucking pissed and making faces and shit, she had like lip gloss on, like mascara done, like whole face done. So it actually seemed like they edited it to make it seem more complete. You're I didn't I I didn't notice that at all. And now that totally makes sense. That's so weird. I know. I wonder what happened. I don't know, but it was like the 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 scenes where she was talking was jumping in and out from like her having her mascara done to her having no makeup on her face to her being in full face makeup to her having nothing (laughs) on again. And like but yeah, anyway, so yeah, I don't really know what happened with that, but I will in conclusion, I will say that it would be very hard for me to go into a wedding day never having met my in-law my future in-laws and then also when he made the comment at the end where she's like i guess i'll just meet them on the wedding day and he goes maybe which makes it sound like maybe they wouldn't even go to the wedding and then that would be even more like oh my god like i'm gonna marry you and i'm never gonna meet your family that 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 would be that might be a deal breaker for me to actually like get married now obviously some people have different relationships yeah that's the thing it's like also just if you're comparing relationships if this was cameron and lauren it wouldn't feel like a deal breaker to me but like if i'm looking at the context of jeanina's and damien's relationship i'm like yeah this relationship is yeah oh no, no no that's you know? yeah i think i, I have to, i automatically see it through that lens because it's like well this is already quite a right. hot mess and so you're gonna add that to it on top of everything <laughs> but also a potentially really difficult in-law situation Yes, I think, you know, which again, yeah, you know what it is. I I, I the re- the reason I say that probably is because if I were actually in real life a situation and my partner was like, yeah, I'm not like, you know, my family and I have had issues. There's this, that this, this and that I'd be like, OK, I understand I'm marrying you. I'm not marrying your family. But when I guess I hear the statement, don't marry that reality TV whore. Eh, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I'd be like, what am I necessarily getting into? How close are you guys actually? Are you going to have like a big say in our relationship? And now you won't even meet me. And is it going to like drive us apart constantly? Granted, the comment was don't marry some whore off of reality TV show. Yeah, either way. Well, it wasn't. So I'm like, "Okay, context, you know, that sounds really bad when you say it. But it's also like I could see my parents being like, hey, and don't marry some whore off of a reality TV show. Yeah, true. I I it, I, I picture kind of, I picture parents being like, and don't you dare marry some reality TV whore, some whore. But but that aligns then too with like we're not going to show up and meet this person. Yeah, ooh,
0: it's a little sticky.
1: But also, like, why? Yeah, I I don't know. Whatever. Regardless of that situation. Anywho, well, he definitely let's talk about her parents. He definitely meets her parents, um, and. Her, her mom and her father look like they're straight out of like a TV set. Like they look like movie stars. Mob bosses. Yes. Mob boss, movie star, like perfection. novella. Gorgeous. Like, you know that those two back in the day did some serious damage. They are two beautiful people. Okay. Well, I know her dad is like uh, Rico Suave. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh yeah. He's so handsome, she's stunning. And then also then He's also scary. <laughs> He's a little intense. He's a little intense. <laughs> Well, Damien was white boy quaking the minute they walked in and started speaking Spanish. Oh, he knew nothing. All of a sudden, all of Damien's, like, everything dropped. He was, like, at first, he was super confident. Before he met them, he was like, I would wrote your parents a poem, joking. And, like, had this kind of chip, this kind of attitude. And then the second they walked in and he couldn't understand what they were saying, he was like, oh, I hope you guys really like me. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but, dude, also, her dad's vibe, which I guess we'll get into, I... Was trying to decipher it. At first I also had no idea because they didn't introduce it. I had no idea who the fuck Oscar was. <laughs> oh, did they not introduce it? Maybe I just caught it because the, the, they had his little like stepdad under his name. No, she just said, this is Oscar. And I was like, who's Oscar? Is this their personal pilot? Is this their... Like, who is he? Is he going to be... um <laughs> Trans- is he their therapist? Is he, he going to be transcribing, you know, for potential lawsuits? <laughs> the <laughs> financial advisor? Is your lawyer? I don't know. I don't know who the hell Oscar is. Well, Oscar seemed very sweet. And he seemed like potentially he was more involved in G's life than even her actual father. I don't know. But he did the actual dad. Or mother. Or her mother. Yeah. He did. Actual daddy didn't have a lot to say, uh, except when G... Made a quick cut to him saying that she did not want a divorce. Looked at dad. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So there is. Basically, yes, the the stepdad or Oscar, whoever he is, (laughs) has questions. (laughs) And then financial officer has questions. (laughs) But then the mom brings up, you know, she says marriage is not about this feeling it's about forever and then it cuts to her dad and he's like ha, laughing like that's that's a, that's and I, I was like is he laughing in support like at Gianina and Damien is he like laughing because it's a slight to him like there was a lot of subtext going on they didn't seem friendly with each other and maybe I'm reading into it Not but really it seems like they both probably really adore their daughter and so they hauled their butts out uh, to this reality TV show to be there for their for their kid, um, Oscar's the mediator. Actually, Os- he's making sure that they don't hurt each yeah, other. Oscar's just making sure that it's all okay between them. But they don't seem like they're like best buds. That's for sure. Um, well, but they did seem to agree. That's true, and because I- it both sort of concluded with them being like, just more, give it more time. Don't rush into this. Yeah, and and I. I will say, too, that Giannina seemed to kind of at least feel similar as well. She was saying, like, I'm freaked out. Like, I don't I I don't know how I feel. I can see marriage. It might not be pretty and I don't want to get a divorce. And, you know, she's saying, you know, things that are alluding to she's not necessarily like running down the aisle right now. And she's feeling a little hesitant. Um, which I feel yeah. like he's hesitant too. I feel like they're both pretty. I think I feel like they both have like this strange passion between the two of them, or lack thereof, unless they're fighting. Um, but yeah, I don't. I feel like I don't know if they're gonna go down the aisle together. I don't know. I certainly hope not. Yeah, just I don't think they're a good pair. I I would agree. <laughs> Okay, so let's take a quick break before we hop in to, let's see, who's up next? Amber, Amber and Barnett. Barnett. Amber and Barnett. A pleasant surprise. <laughs> they've been. Seriously. They've been a pleasant surprise. Well, before we get into that, um, so here's the thing. Jessica may give her dog wine, but I am confident that our broads out there want the best for their pets. And uh, a question you, you might have thought when you looked at your pet, wondered what would they say if they could talk? No, just me. Maybe the quarantine's getting to my brain, but I stare at my dogs like all day right now and just wonder what's going on in their brain. Um, but se- I want to know what's going on in Ashley's brain. Oh, little Ash, little Ashley, Ashley peanut. <laughs> what's going on in that cute brain? Uh, but seriously, how awesome would it be if our pets could tell us when something was wrong? No, I totally get what you mean. And we have two cats and every time they meow, it's like a guessing game. Are they hungry? Well, probably. Are they sick? Are they just really cute? Are they just being really annoying? Well, (laughs) we switched over to pretty litter after Grayson's cat passed away, actually from a urinary tract infection. And this litter is something that could have helped. It's the world's smartest kitty Mm -hmm. litter um, because its proprietary formula changes colors to help detect early signs of potential illness in your cats, and as if that wasn't enough of a bonus, it's also created from naturally occurring minerals without any additives, so it's totally safe to have around the house. That's amazing. They're they're part of the family, and they deserve the best. Also, if you've ever seen pictures of Becca's home, she has these gorgeous hardwood floors, which you would think would be a recipe for disaster when mixed with eight little kitten paws and kitty litter. But Pretty Litter is designed with that specialized de-dusting process. So there are no kitty prints on the floor at all. It's amazing. And Pretty Litter ships right to your door, which is so wonderful and convenient in these current times. Switch to Pretty Litter today by visiting prettylitter.com and using promo code chatty for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com promo code chatty for 20% off. All right, speaking of meowing and kitties, let's talk about Amber. (laughs) Oh, my. This was, I mean, uh, I'm almost, like, more invested in their relationship now, even than Lauren and Cameron. Like, I really want them to work. So do I. What's going on? Do you remember episode one? We were talking so much shit, and now I'm kind of (sighs) like... I need them well, to Well, it's work. kind of funny to me. It's kind of funny because I remember people saying like on in our comments, like, don't worry, like Barnett's no one's favorite. But I mean, he's softened so much like being in love with her. And there's this side of him that his uh, the real side of him, which is quite the irony because Jessica keeps talking about like the Barnett that she knows. And I'm like, no, this is like the real Barnett. This is like yeah. who he is inside. That's what it feels and like. And she brings that out of him. I agree. It feels like the Barnett that we met in the pods was maybe like, you know, the the uh, the jacket, the coat that he puts on to be like Mr. Cool Guy. And we also get glimpses when he's talking about his family, that he has this major pressure that he feels like it seems like his family is disappointed yeah. in him a lot. And he always wants to impress them. And so he probably puts on this certain type of like cocky energy because he feels that way. And... Yeah. We're seeing a new guy. I mean, like, he's still Barnett and makes his comments, but. I don't know. And and I, I felt the same with Amber after this episode, like seeing her meeting totally. her family was kind of a game changer for me with her. And seeing like the way that um the way that she was with his parents and sort of how she's kind of maybe used to being rejected by people who don't really get her Mm -hmm. and we just saw a full scope of two people that maybe have all she's always been labeled as too much she's been labeled as like the fuck up or the asshole and both of the them just feeling seen by each other and feeling really accepted by each other and we see that i mean so he wants he really wants to impress her family which i thought was so sweet Mm -hmm. and then he (laughs) basically basically in his Barnett way is like well her family's kind of white trash so I feel a lot <laughs> better now I don't know what I was worried about and I'm like uh, the way you well, put it yeah. I was just like well that wasn't the most dis- like distinguished way to put that <laughs> but yeah like you said her home uh, her childhood home is in a rougher area than he expected it to be um, and I don't know when she walked up and seeing all of a sudden all those kids hanging on her it kind of You know, obviously we were joking last episode about like, yeah, she wants to be a stay at home mom because she thinks she won't have to do anything. But when all of a sudden I saw her like with the kids hanging on her and her right away running up to her mom being like, you're so beautiful. And then finding out that her dad passed away before she could remember and her mom was there for her always. It's like, yeah, she probably wants to be a stay-at-home mom because she values what her mom did for her and and took care of her. And it it just added a lot of layers. And then all of a sudden I was thinking about how when she talked about her abortion in the pods and having this intimate relationship and then being let down by a guy, you know, and then her mom being protective of her and being like, are you going to take care of my baby? This is what I have. I was getting really emotional during the, this this scene. It was just her mom's raw. crying. I'm crying. Yeah. it's just a whole thing. And and her mom also. They haven't even gone inside the house, and her mom's talking about her dad dying, and and Barnes just standing there, not really knowing what to say. And I know. And then she, yeah, there was that moment. She asks him why he's marrying her. It was, it was very sweet. It was very sweet. And there was that moment where where I don't know why it got me all choked up, but like. She walked away for a second and his mom looks at Barnett and goes, that's my baby. And she starts getting emotional oh. and Barnett looks down. And he goes like, I know, I know. And he had just met her and there was kind of this weird intimacy right away, even though she. When he walked away, he was like, I don't know if she was angry or if she was if she was happy, but I just I want them to love me and. Uh, it was, yeah. it was really, it was, it was really sweet. And now Barnett's parents I was thrown off by. I was very thrown off by Barnett's parents. Very but thrown But then it off. also sort of made sense. Yeah. Because like you said, it's like maybe he's sort of the black sheep, the fuck up, the frat boy, the douche. Like, yeah, they're always disappointed in Barnett. Is, never really. Yeah. Especially because he said when they were driving up to the house and he's like, they had their partying phase and now that's over and no one drinks anymore. And it's like maybe Barnett never left that phase. He said... He, well, and he said he's the only one. I'm like, "Does his brother and sister-in-law not drink too? Like, oh my God. Yeah, it's probably just like, you know... Not that it's not like... Not that it's that big of a deal, but then like meeting his family and seeing all of their personalities. I'm like, oh God. Well, I think... It's a it's a fairly big deal when you have a personality like Barnett and Amber. Who seems like whenever we see them hanging out with everybody, they're encouraging people to do shots and they're a little True. crazy. So it's like you know, then all of a sudden you walk into a home where no one is drinking and no one is like you know, that at that energy like you know, well she really comes on strong. She <laughs> and the thing is, let's be real, guys. Amber always comes on strong. Amber's always gonna come on strong. That's never gonna change. I mean, I was a little flustered by how strong she came on with the family. the first time meeting them, and she's just—I mean, she was nervous, but she's just like, "I'm shaking and like, ah hi, hi! Oh my god!" I was like, "Holy fuck!" She was—I was feeling very uncomfortable, and it was just one of those things where I'm like, "Dude, I get like, yeah, she she can she drives me nuts, but I do." <sighs> No, I feel for her. I totally do, too. They, they both can... I yeah. was just like, oh, God, girl, stop. I know. They, and, they, <laughs> Please. and that's the thing. Yeah, but, they both have driven me nuts and can fucking drive me nuts through this whole thing. But there's something about watching episode by episode and seeing that these two people are just who they are. And I and I respect that. They're, you're seeing real people. That's the thing. Yeah. And so it's like you're seeing that they're real multifaceted people with issues yeah. and with insecurities and you're really getting like a yes a vulnerable view of who they are and what makes them who they are and so i i I felt the same way i wasn't like annoyed by her i was just like like, getting secondhand embarrassment was like please stop please stop please stop like, like you're not doing yourself any favors i'm like stop snorting please his mom doesn't like it I know exactly you because you want his family to like her and I thought that that was gonna happen and it I mean when she first walks in his dad says like chillax and I was like oh this is gonna go fine I thought maybe he was gonna be Barnett-ish yeah Uh -uh. Mm uh-uh then it didn't go fine I didn't know if it was the editing of his family's faces but then also Barnett said that it was awkward so I'm like maybe it's not that edited yeah and I felt really uncomfortable when the family immediately started bringing up that maybe it's lust and maybe it's not real love. I also was kind of like, like, why? Ugh. I mean, maybe they edited out comments of her talking about them pounding each other, which wouldn't surprise me if she said that. True, but I would think that they would keep that in there. You'd think that if she True. was just her like, being like, we just haven't been able to keep our hands <laughs> off each other. Yeah, you'd think they would leave that in, and they wouldn't have like left in her saying that he farts on me all the time, like. Right. You'd think they would have left right. the worst parts in or the toughest parts in. Well, you know, the what the person her mom was a little bit like talking about the whole lust thing, but the person who was not having it was his brother. And his brother and Well, and even more so his sister in law. First of all, his sister in law, oh. who's just fucking giving Amber dirty ass looks like the whole time. Fuck that bitch. She you know she her. was just sitting there going like this girl's hot and I don't like it absolutely and so then when we're talking about his brother which okay you know what's also weird about Barnett's sister-in-law she looked more like Amber than Amber's sister did it's very true like she looked more like Amber's sister than Amber's real sister um the brothers have a type but but his brother-in-law okay his I'm gonna let I'm gonna tell you to say what vibe you got from him but like The way what he was saying when he was like, you've been you when you've been together 10 years, shit gets real. And then when he's sitting with Barnett later at the picnic table saying marriage is the hardest fucking thing I've ever done (laughs) in my life. I I was like, like, hey, you know what? exactly that's exactly what I said I said well may I in my notes maybe your marriage just sucks and you're you guys are both jealous of Amber and Barnett's happiness because maybe you got into a fucking marriage when you're both 19 no shade to people who get married when they're 19 but like and you don't really want to be with that person and your level of attraction isn't really there and you see you're saying maybe it's lust and not love because you call what you guys have love but there's no actual attraction or fire there it seemed girl preach from the mountaintops right now because it seemed that way (laughs) For sure. For sure. I also did not like when he pulled Barnett and he goes, you take one side of the table. I'll take the other. I'm like, what is this? A a meeting? Like, why are you telling Barnett where to sit like across from you? Like you're the CEO and like you're going to. I I just did not like his brother's energy at all. And I completely agree with everything you were saying. He literally like his words, his words were marriage is about stopping. Forgetting about yourself and making sure you put the other person before. <laughs> forgetting, about <laughs> forgetting about yourself and making sure you put the other person's needs uh, before your. Or putting the other person before your needs in everything you do. Are you willing to give up everything for this person? I mean, everything. I'm like. No. I'm like, <laughs> I'm I'm like gonna... what you're describing does not equal a healthy marriage, sir. <laughs> you are a you are a prisoner. Is this a cry for help? <laughs> Blink three times if you're being held captive. <laughs> <laughs> because this sounds like captivity to me. It's so interesting, you know, because on The Bachelor, you get these narratives and people are like, love is supposed to be easy. And then we're seeing the total opposite here where it's like, love, it's supposed to be so hard that you regret it <laughs> every day. <laughs> Listen, Barnett, if you're not crying yourself to sleep every night, you're doing marriage wrong. <laughs> it's just like. It's like enlisting in the army when you first sign up for it. You think it's going to be a good idea and you sign on for the rest of your life. And then, you know, a couple years into it, things aren't looking so fun. That's what marriage is supposed to feel like, Barnett. Are you ready for that? I'm sure when people first go to a prison, they enter in day one and there's maybe a little bit of adrenaline. What am I going to be? What am they're I going to be like? They think they're going to get gains. They think that they're maybe going to get shredded, read some books, make some friends. Oh, my friend, it is not no, like gonna that. Away. <laughs> they're going to shrivel away in front of the TV wishing they were anywhere but that tiny little cell holding them captive. Sorry, I'm. am I talking about my wife still? Uh... <laughs> God. You know that yeah. show anyway. Locked Up? That's what your marriage should be like. <laughs> Amber seems a little bit too happy to be with you. It's, it's for real weird. though. It was when he was saying all this stuff, it was, it was just like it was a jaded man. A jaded man was speaking to him. That's for sure. A jealous man. I, I swear. A jealous, jaded um, man. Okay. So now should we talk Cameron and Lauren? Um, Yeah. Oh, actually, should we talk, Kelly? We should talk Kelly and and Kenny. Kenny? Kelly and Kenny first. Yeah, because Lauren and Cameron's goes into episode eight. Yes. Yes. Of course. Um. So Kelly and Kenny, both their parents, the most stereotypical white upper middle class love stories for both couples. The most. I mean, could it have been lovelier? I don't think so. Cut from the same cloth. It was absolutely darling like they they're going into the, they're already going into this situation and and uh Kenny is is texting her mom some detailed message saying like I feel like she'll appreciate it. Oh my god. I I was actually genuinely surprised though and thought it was kind of crazy. Um, that they were both they had both like gotten married within like three months. Yeah, that was kind of wild. Both of them had really quick stories, so they're both like, yeah, we totally get it. <laughs> it was I I know we've talked about like Kenny, like there's this weird feeling. <sighs> I like him. I'm still sussed out by him. I know I have weird sus feelings he, too, but like my He's nice enough, but yeah. I'm just sussed out in general by Both of them right now. Because I feel like we've seen the least of them. And everything seems to be going too well. I think they're just boring. I think that's why we haven't seen that much of them. I don't... But I don't don't, But they don't seem boring to me. Like, they seem... Like, she seems, like, kind of sparkly. And he seems funny to me. Like, whenever you see him, he has, like, funny, cute little comments and whatever. I, I will say the fact that these two people got their parents to come together. I was I was like, whoa, yeah beautiful. These are two parents who are like love their children and are willing to just like bend over and put themselves in maybe in an uncomfy situation for their kids and of course uh, Kelly's mom was you know so shook and blessed over the idea that they both have the same favorite book. <laughs> I, of course, noted that. I'm like, how do these people all not know that this is probably the most common favorite childhood book ever? (laughs) I'm going to go aside from Goodnight Moon. I'm pretty sure I Love You Forever is the second bestseller. Well, maybe the other one, Guess How Much I Love You, Mm. is a close tie. That's also a very good one. Also a very good one. So, it's in the bathroom. Um... Yeah, I don't know, but also no one says Goodnight Moon's their favorite childhood book. That's not like a touching one that you would say that about. That's true. It's kind of just so like it's probably number one. Cardboard pictures. I think <laughs> that that's probably number one. It's the most emotional one. Yep. Yep. Um. I mean, I mean, there's what is there to say? It about It was just lovely. It made me feel. I feel nervous because I feel a little sussed out by both of them. But I think it's because I really like both of them, and so I'm I'm feeling a little nervous because, for instance, like like Cameron and Lauren. They're both angel humans who I adore, but they're they're having some real life problems that are coming up. Kelly and Kenny, I'm not really getting anything, so I feel a little sus. So I feel a little now. Nervous. What I will say, yeah, I think Kelly's mom came off a little more warm than Kenny's. Like Kenny's mom was actually like really pretty and also like in a bit intense seeming. She's sharp. She is sharp, even though. I don't know if you got that vibe. She seems like she's yes. You know, she's sweet, but also she's she's smart. But there's something about her. She was a little more intense than 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 I was. expecting. She was. She was more intense. I mean, her, even though she did have one of like my favorite quotes of the episode, I loved how she right away. I feel like she just knocked out of the park in one of the interviews when she was just like both of them. They're two grown people who have met each other and like fallen in love and it's their decision and but a strong family connection can just really enhance this beautiful experience and I like that perspective as a parent. I was like, "Oh, that's mm, what I want as a beautiful. parent." It's like, "Hey, you know what? My support can really enhance my child's relationship with their, you know, significant mm. other, but it's they at the end of the day it's their decision." And I thought that it was, I, that. I, I thought it was very, like, it was very, I thought it was lovely. I thought it was lovely. I'm not sure if you have anything else to add, but I'm just going to say real quick, speaking of loving people, I love both of Lauren's parents, which we're about to get into. I love both of them, too. And I was really happily surprised at how this all went, because I was so nervous. I, yeah. <laughs> I was so nervous. I, loved Lauren's mom immediately we meet her before Cameron even walks in and Lauren's doing her impression of her mom to her <laughs> mom and they're just she's just seems great she's adorable like, they look so much someone's alike. mom I really want to hang out with like this she, this she seems fun she says my mom's quirky and like I just her parents are fucking I loved both her parents I did too and I I I loved how much I mean her and her mom are literal identical twins like it is crazy how similar they look and their relationship is sweet she's just warm i like she was she was so warm and she right away got down to business with cameron and she was like floored by him though at 1st and like confused and it was really funny she was just like okay uh You're like who is this who is this man with the perfect posture who's just come in who's very calm <laughs> mm-hmm. he's extremely calm um and then Everything's going well. (laughs) Everything's going so well. And then she brings up that he was in a rap group. A hip hop group. Yeah. And immediately, not immediately, actually, I figured this out when he was talking to her dad. I didn't realize that his five year relationship had also been with a black woman. And then we get that he was in the hip hop group. I'm like, oh, Cameron is that white guy that really wants to be black. Oh, completely. Like, like he loves black culture and like I just was like, oh duh. Oh. And it just cracked me up. It all clicked. And he started rapping and girlfriend I was like, when is this going to stop? It was, he's like, I think I remember it. Then proceeds to like spit fire hit like (laughs) 15 bars it was the rap that would never end it was just like Cameron just give us like three four bars you don't have to give us 16 like we don't need it we really don't we're all very uncomfortable right now what was so cute is that Lauren was vibing on it meanwhile her mom's just like Okay. She's like, okay and also when is this going to be over? No, Lauren was dancing to it and you know that they had ar- he had already rapped for Lauren before and you know she loved it. The fact that she brought it up to her mom and had told her that she that he was in a hip hop group like it was so sweet even though it was very difficult for me to watch because I get, you know, I get uncomfy when they bring out a guitar and start singing you know, a freestyle or whatever he his his song with his old group. It was just like, this is going on for too long. It's been too long. Not okay. Not okay. Not okay. I completely agree. I was like, I, when his mom asked him if he remembered anything, I was like, no, don't do it. <laughs> he definitely remembers something. Oh, don't. No. don't ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> don't go there, please. You. This is your fault. <laughs> well i mean in general everything was lovely with her mom and and then we were left with this ominous moment where his mom her, her mom's just like wait until you meet her dad he's very protective and lauren's like he won't kill you he's gonna kill you speaking of knowing uh talking about like a past relationship there is some history between papa speed and mama lauren for sure There's, you just know oh yeah well yeah, there's there's a lot. And Lauren mentioned how they were together. They were they were married for like 17 years. So it wasn't like, you know, like a short marriage like they're they've been together for a long time. And then there was a divorce and Lord knows it happens. But, Ugh. you know, yeah, you could tell that she had they had some she at least had some strong feelings towards Papa Speed. <laughs> and oh, yeah. That's then when well, and they make him sound like he's going to be one of the like he's going to be a Black Panther. She's like his he's calling she's calling him Papa Speed, and then she's saying like he is about like preserving the black community like the the black family unit. I was just like, oh fuck, what are we about to get into? And then what is he a producer? I was dripping sweat after they said that. By the way, I was like, this is this is going to be so intense and uncomfortable, and I was so nervous because I was like, if their relationship doesn't work and their love dies, I don't believe in love anymore, and I quit. And I think, yes, he is a producer. And then all I was thinking about was, please, Cameron, don't start rapping. Please don't start rapping. He he seemed like I was wondering if he like taught or something. I was wondering if he he really came off in as like a professor or something. I was like, does he teach at like a music college? I don't know. I just got these professor vibes from him. And I'm like, oh, this is what she's talking about. He is just a fucking like in t- like he is obvious so obviously very educated that it's intimidating yes. like he's one of those people where you're kind of nervous what you're going to say around him because he is just far more knowledgeable than you and let's be real girl yeah. uh he's pretty hot <laughs> he says no he here he is a zaddy for sure <laughs> he's a handsome man <laughs> <laughs> and the reason i say he reminds me of professor is because he is one of those professors that i would be wanting to impress by my knowledge and being like yeah i'd really be researching that paper because i just really want him to like accept me and give me his stamp of approval and obviously cameron was feeling the same way he was quaking he was quaking also the fact that like he's been Hearing from Lauren about him for the past like few weeks and that he, that her father is so important to her and that he's her role model. And then you roll in and you're like, oh, this handsome man who's a producer and we're walking into some sort of studio. That's the thing. That's the thing. The studio too was intimidating as fuck because it's like, this is his domain. Like, you're in his place. He's rolling around on his rolly chair. Yeah. And, you know. It just was like the whole situation was making me very nervous because I would be tripping over every goddamn word. Oh, yeah. And and one of the first thing he says is, so you're not going to ask for my blessing before this? I couldn't believe it. Imagine that, though, as the dude trying to marry this guy's daughter. And he's like, so what? You you both just are my blessing is just nothing to you. Oh, I know. I'm like, I'm like, he's got a point because if you were on The Bachelor, you would have been required to do that, even though, you know, we don't agree with it. But this isn't The Bachelor, I guess. And you don't have to ask. (laughs) I they they left you. I mean, they left you on cliffhanger central when, you know, he. Oh, that. That's something that I loved, by the way. I loved when her dad said, uh, what kind of life are you going to give my daughter? And Cameron's response, I want us to be equal partners in our marriage and I want to do everything that I can to make her happy. And I'm like, now that is an answer. When someone says, what kind of life are you going to give my daughter? (laughs) It wasn't like. Sir, I have this um, incredible four-story white beautiful home that I have, you know, prepared for her. Um, I am a, a robotic scientist. Like, she will be well taken care of. It was literally like we're equal partners and I just want to do what's going to make her happy. I'm like, Cameron, Cameron. I love him. He's fantastic. He's so fantastic. Well, i just have to say fuck lauren for leaving him alone with her dad because that shit was savage <laughs> that as fuck. was so brutal i was like dude i'd be so pissed off if i was cameron i'm like you're gonna leave me with your dad cameron, you see him you see him being like what like you see that look in his eyes where he's like why are you doing this to me i thought that you loved me you backstabbing bitch <laughs> but for real (laughs) she left him high and dry you are going to make me dread this experience for the past three weeks and talk about how detrimental this is to our relationship you are going to tell me you have never been with a white man before you are also going to tell me that you have never introduced (laughs) your family to a guy before and then you're going to drop me in front of your dad at his studio and say like you guys have a nice talk (laughs) And he just gets into it. He goes, This is big stuff. I don't want to be a bad guy. I don't want to scare you, but I have no trouble speaking my mind. You're a white guy. She's a black woman. Let's talk about that. He just, "Mm, love me some Papa Speed. And then he asks him, which was. So he asked him, have you ever been the only black guy in a room, a white guy in a room full of black people? And it was the most valid question. And like, it's funny because Cameron, I guess, like now seeing everything play out with Cameron's background, Cameron's immediately like, yeah, of course, obviously. And when he said that, though, I'm like, no, that's not, of course, obvious. And I turned to Gray and I go, how many times in your life have you been the only white person in a room full of black people? How many times have I? I don't, I don't know, aside from like family members or friends being around me, I don't know if I have literally been the only white person in a room full of black people ever for any like period of time. It is a legitimate question and conversation that her father is bringing up. It's super valid. And it's, yeah, like you said, it's not obvious at all. And I... I mean, maybe I'm like reading into it, but at least to me, as soon as Cameron said like, yeah, I was in a five year relationship with a black woman. this That was a frequent thing for me. I saw Papa Speed, you know, kind of like settle into everything. And obviously he wasn't right away like, all right, welcome to the family. Like, that's all good. But he was, you know, it definitely was a, a turning point for him where it was like, OK, you know. But yeah, I think that Cameron handles shit He handled, as well as he could have. He, he was like, he literally didn't, he barely batted an eye when Lauren walked out. He handled himself. And then I really, really loved Papa Speed saying, I don't judge you by anything other than how you treat her. Um, and, you know, he was just like, this is a surprise. And th- the way that they were making him out to be, I thought that like this was going to go terribly. And he was just... He was just really direct and he he's a wise man. He explained his concerns. And guess what? As a parent, they're valid concerns because you don't know who the hell this guy is. And you just found out that your daughter met some dude in a pod that Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey are hosting. (laughs) And now she's getting married in like a (laughs) week. (laughs) This is some valid shit to be worried about. No, yeah. And I I loved how um when he said, Oh Cameron, when he said she loves you so I like you, and then Cameron said, Well, I want to work so you do love me eventually too. And that was like such a vulnerable thing to say. Well, well done, Cameron. Cameron, just well, knocked out. And the I park. loved I loved Papa Speed's response too. He goes, Okay, let's see how this goes. Ultimately, it's her decision. Yeah. And then he says in the, he says in the interview, I don't know what his exact words was, but he's like, he's a little too tame for me. Yeah, he goes, he's a little too mellow. uh, He's a little too mellow for me. A little too mellow for me. (laughs) But, uh, you know, and and I think that's when he said too, you know, if she loves him, I like him. So, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, great dadding, fathering. The fathering was fantastic. Top notch. Um, So. So Then should we should we talk about the tux shopping and the wedding dress shopping next? Oh, my God. First of all, since when do men bring their friends to go tux shopping? Um, like when do you bring your brother and they're like, oh, my God, it's the one. It's the one. She's my queen. Well, when obviously this was happening like simultaneously, but like like let's talk about the tux, the tux shopping, the men first. Nick Lachey was so far away from the men when he was talking to them. They kept showing like a panned out <laughs> scene, and I was so like I couldn't concentrate because Nick Lachey was literally about thirty five feet away from the guys, and I'm not exaggerating. And I was like, this is not social distancing. This is like Nick Lachey is like, don't let these filthy peasants near me. <laughs> like he, well, um, I. I can't. I mean, I already can't with Nick Lachey. But also, how can we talk about how Bardia in front like Nick is just like, so how are things? You know, <laughs> like just a very casual question. Doesn't expect anyone to ask. And Bardia's like, I for one think Mark is too young to be married. And it's just like, let's talk about it, Nick. Thanks for, you know, I'm glad you asked. Bardia is fucking back. And he's back with a fury. And that guy makes me crazy. <laughs> But I, I he, like came off to me as like Loki, like him and Mark Loki have like an abusive friendship where he sort of like, it gets off on like degrading Mark and it, making Mark feel like shit and having the power. It's like weird. It is so awkward and we talked about this briefly last time but he brought it up Bardia brought it up to Nick Lachey of all people when he's like I'm older than Mark. He loves to talk about how much older he is than Mark and I am convinced again like I said last episode he's maybe a year and a half older than Mark. Two years. Two years Two years, two years maybe. <laughs> he, and yet he says when they're talking whatever I'm gonna jump into that part. He sa- he says to Mark, "When I was your age," and you're like, and "I you- was just like, what? <laughs> you know, that- you know, that fucking Barty is twenty six years old, and that's a fact." <laughs> I'm waking it up right now. I also felt like Barty was jealous of jealous of Jessica. He's like, "Nothing can come between what we have." <laughs> totally, oh. Barty. <laughs> oh Barty sucks. He's the worst. And Bardia <laughs> sucks ass. I hate him. And honestly, honestly, when he was talking with Nick Lachey for a second and he was like going off about Mark and as being rude about him in front of everyone. Nick says, well, you're a good buddy, at least that you're here today, regardless. And all I could think about was that Bardia is never going to let this die. He is going to tell people for the rest of his life that Nick Lachey thinks he's a good friend. He's going to bring it up. Constantly, his age and the fact that Nick Lachey thinks he's a good friend, Barty is just gonna be like nonstop, bro. I c- just could not. Hold yes. on, let's see if I can. F- I'm trying so hard to find his age. I'm. A, I'm gonna. I want to try to follow Bardia online. I feel like that would be a good. Oh, good idea. I feel like it'd be a good follow. You know what I mean? Good idea. Good idea. Probably a lot um, of Bud Light and a lot of uh, inspirational quote quotes from Bardia. That's my guess. No, I no, I think Bardia is one of those guys that's like really heavily involved in the internet and is kind of low key like alt right. Oh, interesting perspective. Interesting perspective. Evan watched this episode with me, and the entire time Evan was infuriated at bardia's choice of clothing (laughs) he was just like bardia you're on national television for the first time in your life like why are you wearing the you like your fuzzy fleece sweatshirt from your business and your sunglasses are on your head the whole time time. this marriage isn't gonna you know this marriage isn't real he doesn't give a fuck bardia does not give a fuck well all right, so the the men are shopping. So they're shopping. We Bart s- Bart. Bar- oh, I was just gonna say. Barnett said to his friend, "I don't expect you to understand. It's never been this easy, and I've never been with someone so confident, and I've been so confident. I think she knows me better than you." OK, do you remember a couple weeks ago when we talked about how Barnett probably is like one of those guys who is like, I have my mom and my dad and my best bud, Brad, and we're best friends and no one knows me like Brad does. This guy's name was Brett and he was had the same energy because as soon as Barnett said, no, I think that she knows me better than you. Brett was like, he's like, bro, dog, you going to go there, dog. <laughs> You and I are cut from the same cloth, my guy. We've been through breakups and we fucking done keg stands together. And I've seen you naked a million times and you're going to you're going to go there, bro. Come on. (laughs) Your balls have been in my face so many fucking times whenever you're fucking Teabagging me when I would pass out, blacked out on your couch, bro. <laughs> bro, you have bat-winged me five hundred times, and you're gonna go there. You're gonna treat it like this. What? What is this friendship? This is nothing, my guy. <laughs> Dude, Barnett though says he's so sweet he says he says this whole little speech about how it's not his day it's her day because she's probably been dreaming of it forever. I'm just like, oh my God I know and my he, man is sensitive he and he said it in he and again he did it in a Barnett way, which was all uh, like a little bit like uh he said it uh like well, you know she's been dreaming about it her whole life and I just started thinking about it two weeks ago. <laughs> And so it still had that thing that you were kind of like, yeah, it's Barnett Barnett flair. It had the Barnett flair where you're like, yeah, that there it is. But it still was like Barnett. Somehow I've been. Yeah, I know. Somehow in this weird way, I've been like, wait, would Barnett actually be the guy that I would most likely want to be with out of all these men? Like what's happening? I know. I can't even go there. My brain. Yeah. Cameron's. Like, I know my brain's about to explode. Like, yeah, Cameron's like probably the best choice, but also like, who am I probably going to have the most fun with and have like the most the relationship that I actually want? Probably the closest to that would be Barnett. What the fuck am I saying? I know. I mean, I would jump Kenny's bones first, but here we are, you know. (laughs) Kenny, though, I don't know what his personality is really like. I have no clue. I bet I think Kenny's fun. But maybe that's just my quarantine I can't fantasy. Disagree or agree with you? I, I I really don't know what Kenny is like. Yeah. Uh, Kenny. <laughs> I know what I know what I like. I don't know what he's like, but I know what I like. Oh, trust me, I know exactly what Kenny is like. Well, okay. let's talk about the girls, because I don't get why the other brides are voting for the other girls dresses. And it's like awkward. You know, there's that one moment where Kelly and his sister, Kelly and her sister were being super cute and sweet. But it's like so awkward. They have to cry in front of this whole chair, all these chairs full of strangers. Okay, but what the fuck was up with that? Before we talk about the women, though, we do have to we do have to talk. We have to say one thing about in Bardia and Mark's conversation when Bardia said, what about the physical connection? And Mark then says, and we get the tea, and Mark then says, we pushed it and pushed it so long until it happened, and I can honestly say it was the most amazing, one of the most amazing experiences of my life, and he kind of mentioned, like, it was one night, but they definitely hooked up. How did I not pick up on this? He said, Bar- or Barty, I made some quick comment to him. I missed this. What? Yeah, Marty has had some quick comment to him all of a sudden where he was like, OK, well, what about the physical connection? And Mark spilled the tea and was like, yo, we, you know, we pushed it away for a long time. And now we had like the best night of our lives. And Barnett's standing there kind of like. <laughs> I, I am in. Sh- I don't know how I missed that. It was a brief moment, but apparently something happened. My guess was maybe there was wine involved. Drunk as fuck. (laughs) Yep. But apparently it happened again. Like I said, it made it seem like it was one night, like it wasn't a regular occurrence, but it happened. It's only it's the one time he's kissed her, except for the moment they met. Yeah, he definitely didn't say sex. So, you know, read between the lines. But like. He made it sound that yeah, way. Yeah, she probably, like, sucked his dick so he would go away and, like, <laughs> go back to go sleep on the couch. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, so. Fuck. Anyways, just had to mention I that. I feel bad for her. There's nothing ro- There's nothing worse. I mean, I don't feel bad for her, but also there's nothing worse than being stuck with someone that you're not attracted to. Even though she could leave at any minute, I still somehow feel bad for her That's the th- about that situation. That's the thing. That's why Jessica has, like, I, I feel like that's why she is my, my... Alter for the season because i'm just like i you are are doing making terrible moves and you're dragging this poor kid along for forever <laughs> but at the same time like that's a horrible feeling when you're just i think we're like the only i think we're the only two people that like truly empathize with what she's going through somehow honestly like there's no, nothing worse than the ick there's nothing worse than the ick And sometimes and it's, you know, people say just leave. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. Sometimes you can't trust your gut. Sometimes you're just like, hey, you know what? I have the ick. Is the ick just because I have a bad picker? Is my picker off? And so I just get the ick and I just need to force myself through the ick. Do I have unresolved family trauma that's causing me to run away from guys that are actually good for me? You got to wonder sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. Valid question. You know, it's a valid question. These are going through your head. These are valid questions. I don't know. But so, yeah, don't get why the brides are voting for the other one's dresses and why they're all together. It's weird. It is my it is the definition of my nightmare. Like straight up when we got married, I didn't want any of my actual friends to be there because I didn't want anyone's input on my wedding dress. So the idea of having girls that I just met and then also their family giving me input on what I'm going to wear on my wedding day is a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. What is up with? I don't, I don't get it, But (laughs) but also like, bro, Amber brings this up later when she begs, barnett to pay for shit um they're not fucking paying for their wedding dresses yo what's that about okay the only thing that i could square away is maybe they're given like a budget maybe they're like you each get a thousand dollars to spend on a dress and if you go over that at all you have to pay because it seems crazy to me that they would make them pay for their own wedding dresses like in it in their entirety well and the whole and the whole wedding which is what she was making it sound like. And I'm like, "What? So you're going to rope these people into getting married in 30 days and they have to come up with the funds for it too?" There's no way. They I know that they keep talking about planning their wedding, but like I just don't I just don't buy it. Like I just there's there's no way that they're planning their wedding. It's ridiculous. There's no way they're planning their wedding. They it's rid- it's ridiculous. It just has to be it just has to be getting the guests. They list. have to have set cater I mean, how are you even going to get a venue, a caterer, flowers, all that within 2 weeks? That's absurd. That's not going to happen. When so- when someone tells you that they're planning on getting married in three months, wedding planners shake. I remember Evan and I, we did a six month turnaround and the wedding planners were like losing their minds. They were like, you're only going to do six months. You're starting to plan this like <laughs> two weeks. No, the- this the-, the production has this all for them. There's no way. But but the price of the wedding dress, my guess is that they gave her a budget and then she wanted one that was maybe over budget or something like that. I believe that you know I believe that well okay I just loved speaking of Amber Jessica's faces when she was trying on her dresses because Amber looked hot as fuck in every single dress <laughs> dude Amber looked that she so slamming she looked so slamming it was ridiculous I would put her in a wedding dress every day of she her looked- life <laughs> She looked so good. It Every, was wild. I was like holy
0: shit. Yeah. Oh
1: holy shit. And Jessica was just like <laughs> <laughs> Jessica was like you have my man, you have my dress. She's losing her mind. Um yeah, I mean, in general, I felt like the the one moment that was big was obviously when Jessica um put on her dress and almost had an actual panic attack. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Now, yeah, because one of the girls says, "Is it a forever dress?" The problem is it is a forever dress, but she's not with her forever guy. Oof, and that's the tea. And that's the tea. Oof. I You Oof. know what? It this whole this whole sequence was stressful for me because I feel like you saw every type of bride. You saw the bride who was like, ah, you know, the real so real. Yeah, it was like the realistic bride, like Lauren, that was kind of like, yeah, I like it, but I'm nervous and da da da. The bride who's been dreaming of it her whole life and was like, I find I found my dress and now it's hitting me like Giannina. And then you had Jessica, who's just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing right now. I'm having a panic attack. And there, I uh, swear, uh. I feel like we should do one, do some sort of podcast episode about um like wedding planning and wedding expectations, because that shit is stressful as hell. And they have Hollywood has created this whole narrative that you step in your wedding dress and you know that it's the one. And all of a sudden it hits and you one. and you cry. Guess what? Didn't feel that way personally. I didn't know I was in between three. I put it on. I didn't feel emotional. I was kind of just like, I don't like these huge clamps that they have behind me. That's like helping the tailoring I've tried on a hundred dresses and I'm over this. I, I, I guess I'll go with that one. I just want to pick one. Uh huh. Yeah. It was like that for me. So there we are. <laughs> Maybe it just wasn't the one, Jess. I know I missed out on my one dress or my or the right guy. Who knows? Is it the dress <laughs> or the guy? I don't know. <laughs> I think you got that one. I I think I we feel, can say you got I that feel one. Pretty that looks decent. It's a decent pick. I feel pretty confident about you the guy. You feel pretty good. Of- you feel pretty good about it eight years later. What about the dress? Do you, do you still feel the same way about the dress? Is it a good dress or do you regret the dress? No, I still I'm still down with the dress. I wish I would have chosen the one that I liked, except for except uh, I because I had two people with me. I let their opinion get in my way uh, and I picked idiot. Yep, and I picked the more classic one, which granted, yes, it still holds mm. up, but I liked my weirder, wilder dress better. And I still think that I would have liked it. And it was a little scandalous. And you know what? I would have stood by that. I wanted the ladies out. It was my the time in my life to do it anyways. So, anyways. I know. I like Amber's first dress when her tits were f- on full display. I like it. I like, a, I, I like the whole cleavage display for the wedding. Go for it, baby. Oh, I love it. Well, I love a deep front open and a deep back open in a wedding dress. Show as show off as much skin as possible. This is your day. Uh, Do what you want. Make us think we're taking a peek at the honeymoon, girl. Woo! Well, okay, (sighs) okay. This was crazy though. Jessica's face when Amber said, "What if we go all the way?" and he says, "No," basically, and Jessica was like, "Hmm." valid concern <laughs> like valid concern you should be worried about him because i'm so going sad. to take him so sad yeah. well and then jessica so when funny. jessica i don't think when jessica goes up in front of the girls and is just like this dress is doing things to me and gianina says do you want to be in that dress and jessica says i don't know Yeah, again, Jessica wants to be in the dress. She doesn't want to be in the dress with Mark. She wants to be in the dress with Barnett, and that's just the deal. That's just the deal. Um, Or literally anyone but Mark at this point. Literally anyone but Mark. Um, Before we get into a wild conversation, do you want to take a quick pause? Yeah. All right, so... I have talked about this on the show before, but like so many, I do struggle with anxiety. And I know a lot of people are feeling it during these current times for a lot of different reasons. Um, Well, for me, one thing that has been a huge game changer has been using CBD. And the fact is, I've tried a lot of CBD. And my personal favorite is feels CBD. This stuff works wonders for me. I love feels one because it's a tincture, two because it's actually uh, effective, and three also I love their packaging too. Anyway, uh, it works naturally to make you feel better because there's no hangover, no high or addiction, and all you have to do is place a few drops under your tongue and you'll start to sense the difference within minutes. And if you've never taken CBD before or are confused about when or how much to take or any of that stuff. I know a lot of people have a lot of questions. Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience, which is cool. And to make things extra easy, you can join the Feels community to get Feels CBD delivered to your door every month, which is extremely convenient right now. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. For me, Feels CBD regularly changes my day for the best. The only thing that I'm bummed out about is that it took me this long to add it to my regular regime, baby. Feels has us feeling our best every day and it can help you, too. You can become a member today by going to feels.com slash chatty and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. 50% off. That's a great deal. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash chatty. Uh, you can become a member there and you'll get 50% off automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. That's feels with an A dot com slash chatty. All right, broads. Um, one other question. When was the last time that you had a really great experience bra shopping? I'm going to guess never because let's be real. It's not usually that much fun unless, of course, you've made the switch to shopping with third love because 3rd Love has found a way to make bra shopping a comfortable and enjoyable experience for everyone. Finally, no more dingy department stores or size guess and checks. 3rd Love walks you through every step of the way, starting with their online Fit Finder quiz to identify your breast shape and size, and then they'll give you your personalized recommendations based on your results. Trust us when we say these are hands down the most comfortable bras you'll ever own. And there's no itchy tags, no straps that won't stay up. Each bra is lightweight, made with super thin memory foam cups that mold to your shape and other premium details that really set them apart from other bras. Plus, Third Love's perfect fit promise guarantees you'll have 60 days to wear and wash the bra. And if you don't love it, you can return your purchase for a full refund and Third Love. They won't trash that bra. They'll donate it to a woman in need. Oh, I love third love. Um, Now, maybe you're thinking, Becca Jess, I'm not leaving the house anytime soon, let alone putting on anything with structure. Third love still has you covered with their sleep and loungewear collection. I have my lounge bra on right now and my girls, it is is comfy Um, and it's fantastic. Uh, Later tonight, I will switch into my third love essentials robe and then tomorrow I'll do it all over again. We are in quarantine. There is no judgment allowed in this space. And Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for every one of you. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com/chatty now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com/chatty for 15% off today. Or just even start out, go take their fit finder quiz and find out if you have a half cup bra size or just, you know, we're all bored right now. Go take the freaking Third Love fit finder quiz. Go take that quiz. I got... Why is it called third love? Do you know? Um, I feel like we figured this out last time. We figured this out before in our lives. It was something like... Uh, first love, First love, God. God second then... love, broads. <laughs> third love, boob, breasts. Third love. <laughs> yeah. Something of the yeah, sort. Yeah, that's, that's why it was. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so remind me now of what happens. Because I know we've got jessica and barnett meeting up which mm, i really can't wait to talk about that's what we've got that's what um, comes next is jessica and barnett meeting up okay so great great obviously they're meeting up because jessica just has her meltdown with the uh wedding dress shopping she's panicking and then she says that she doesn't want to leave this experience without with any regrets excuse me um with anything left unsaid so she needs to get together with barnett I think that that, I I was wondering. I don't remember after watching it, but I'm like, okay, they had to have edited it right to make it seem like she had to, like, reveal something to Barnett. Or is that actually like what she said right before going? She said that she she said she needed to talk to Barnett. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. That just makes her look even more stupid because I was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. And I'm like, maybe they edited it kind of like to make her look even more dumb I mean wouldn't put a past to Oh my I guess editing they you know they can work magic in production but she said that she needed to talk to Barnett um oh my god and you know they have the conversation it's the typical conversation that they have um she again 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 continues to harp on the fact that Amber and Barnett it's just shocking that they're together If you had told me, I just wouldn't have believed it. And then, of course, shut the fuck up about it. She takes a swift turn because as soon as like, you know, he puts the heat on a little bit and is just like, yeah, you know, I oh, that's then. Oh, my God. When he says that he was feeling 100 percent about everything um, and feels like maybe she had some regrets and then just starts to re- wait really really her really? eyes get as large as dinner plates really you thought that me? me who what me who needed to have a private meeting with you <laughs> because i was panicking about the guy that i actually ended up saying yes to <laughs> and then it's this back and forth when he's like well that's how i felt and he's like Yeah, that's how I felt. She's like, really? And then Barnett says, yeah. And I think it pissed Amber off a little. Uh, Oh, my God. Yeah. I would be fuming. Yeah, hello. And she goes, no. And then in the interview, she says, I am mortified. How could they, how could he think that I like him? Dude. In the interview, to that she's even lying to the producer who she just told she had to go talk to Barnett <laughs> and declare her love for him. <laughs> I, she's living a lie. She's living one big lie. How are the producers handling this shit and, right now? Like they have their minds have to be exploding. And she says to Mark, she, "You know, of course, after she's just been like, what, who?" Me must be thinking of the wrong Jessica. Never. And then she's like, I'm a I'm just a, v I'm a very loving person when I've had too much to drink. Okay, here comes the too much to drink excuse coming in it's again. It's her most favorite There's excuse. There's like no way I could see us together. Like I should chat with her. Yeah. I'm thrilled for you guys. Honestly, like I was you know what's so funny? Is that literally yesterday I was saying how perfect you guys are together. <laughs> I was just telling Mark, like, oh my God, I couldn't have dreamed up a better pairing. <laughs> you guys are perfection. And like the fact that you think that I would want to be with you it makes me gag. Huh, huh. No, Mark is my man. <laughs> you know, in fact, him and I, I did suck his dick the other night and it was fantastic. So we're good. Oh, I cannot. I cannot. <sighs> And then she she tries to turn it around, like, she tries to pull off this thing where she's acting like Mark, I mean, Barnett's little brother all of a sudden. She's like, you, you're engaged. Like, and she looks like she's about to, like, tussle his hair. She's like, aw, I just want the best for you. It's so uncomfortable. And Barnett is literally just smirking kind of through it uncomfortably, like, sorry. And he kept, and then he's apologizing, like, sorry, I guess I, I just assumed the way that you were handling it, like, you know, I I just thought and she's just throwing it at him. It is so uncomfortable. And then, of course, in the interview, per use, she's just like, at this point, honestly, I'm done with Barnett. Like, Mark is my rock. <laughs> You're just like, I don't want to be around Barnett. I don't want his energy around me. I don't want him. It's it's wild. I've never seen someone like ping pong like Jessica ever in my life. No it's out of control out of control so what happens after that whose scene comes after that should we talk about just mark and jessica's pod setup uh yeah we can talk about their pod setup that would be a nice transition um (laughs) okay because i don't i actually don't know what order the rest of the episodes in well let's just go to their pod setup and then we can talk about damien and giannina next and just focus on their fights. And then. Yes. And then. Yeah. Beautiful. So, um, you know, Mark sets up their apartment like it's the pod again. It's like a full picnic. Jessica walks in and is just like cute. Oh, my God. My favorite wine. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, I got the ick. I keep calling you Jessica whenever we're talking about Jessica. Oh, don't take that offensively. I so got the ick so hard with mark setup yeah you know i some like not because it was it was a really actually sweet move but just that feeling when you've got the ick for someone and you walk in and they have a romantic dinner set up for you it's a nightmare i mean honestly i also feel like you and i are a I don't know if we're the I don't know for the general populace. I feel like you and I get the ick with some of these type of intimate moments pretty quick. <laughs> Sometimes I get the ick even if someone I love like Grayson was to set up a romantic dinner. I would feel a little pressure rising yeah. inside. Yeah. Yeah. My my blood pressure would go up a little. Yeah, I feel a little uncomfy if all of a sudden, you know, if Evan were to bust out a guitar and start singing directly into my eyes, I love him to death. I think he's hot and wonderful and I would marry him every day of my life. But if he did that, I'd feel the ick. (laughs) (laughs) You know, now's a good time to say, I think we need some distance. I think you and I need to take some time apart. (laughs) There's something about like, you know what it is for me? There's something about manufactured romantic experiences that make me uncomfortable An organic romantic experience where if it's spontaneous, like you're on a hike and someone is like, oh, my God, I have a blanket in the back of my car and like oh my god you have candles from that thing let's set something up on top of this hill right now that to me sexy romantic 10 out of 10 love it if I round the corner and there's this whole setup waiting for me <laughs> something about that just makes my panic levels rise I'm just like where's the photographer <laughs> Freaks me Something out Something about the manufactured Like this is supposed to be romantic Experience makes me really Uncomfortable yeah, I feel the same exact way I feel more romantic if we're in the drive through line at a fast food restaurant And all of a sudden he looks deep into my eyes And is just like you make me feel Like joy I've never felt every day I'm I'm dripping wet Uh but totally <laughs> But totally. manufactured but again I feel I don't I don't know if we're the general General popula- population On this one We're different. We're not like other girls. (laughs) We're so different from other girls. It's crazy. (laughs) Okay, but I have to give Mark credit because the pod setup was actually a really fucking good idea. Obviously, it played out really well. Yes, Jessica didn't have to look at him. Um, I know immediately. I know she said the pot is her safe place. And I'm like, yeah, probably because there's no threat of Mark touching her. She doesn't have to smell him. She doesn't have to look at him. He is just a distant voice. I do. A therapist, if you will. I do want to say what uh, there's a red flag to me. And the red flag is that her dog is sitting with him and not with her. And he's known Mark (gasps) or she's known Mark for like three days. So to me, that says that the dog's trying to escape. The dog is like, this is my safe place when you're in the other room and I'm protected by my new dad, Mark. <laughs> and Mark doesn't force feed me wine, to be honest. And so like, I'm good to go. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, she does open up about a lot of stuff when she is having... Yeah. And it was a moment for the first time, I think, in the series that I was like, okay, obviously there's major issues with the way that she's handling this Mark situation, but clearly... There's a lot going on. There's other things that are deeper that are affecting her relationship dynamic. She even says herself that she has abandonment and detachment issues when she talks about, you know, her birth dad leaving because her mom wouldn't get an abortion. And, you know, it was it was really oh, heavy. God, it was really rough. heavy. Yeah. So um, uh, I know. And, and you know what? That's the interesting thing about the show is you see people's humanness mm-hmm. a lot. You really do. And uh and we see that with her you know and she's got daddy issues and she's got problems and she's got you know and it's and and her admitting that is all i don't know it just did make her more human and but then after all of that she still said loves you actually she didn't oh she did she did oh i thought she said yeah, she i said, love you for the first you. time no, I did, but then she she may have said that, but then and then the end, they're like cheering or something. Oh, she no. goes, "loves you." <laughs> she can't. She still said she it. She can't help it. She still said it. Then <laughs> that's the thing to me. I do believe in my deepest, deepest soul that Jessica does love Mark in a friend way. I think that Mark. She cares. For yes, she I think she cares for him. I think she cares for him. I think that he is someone really special to her. I think that he's probably loved her harder than any other maybe guy in her life has. And there's probably that feeling of like, no guy's ever been this passionate about me the way that you are. And like, but I'm just not attracted to you. And you can't force that shit. Well, do you want to talk about Cameron? Oh, no. Let's talk about Damien and Giannina. Well, I was actually going to say, do you actually want to save Damien and Gianina for last? Yeah, sure. I know that's out of order. Is sure. that going to be confusing pe- for people or can we save it? No, nah, let's do Let's Let's save it. It's a, it's good. <laughs> okay, it's the juiciest. So, Because like, Bar- both Barnett and Amber and Lauren and Cameron have kind of like... Yeah. Not that much yeah. important stuff. So Lauren and Cameron, basically what we see in the remainder of this episode is that... You know, she's just guest list. Yeah, she hasn't. She hasn't told her friends. She's trying to avoid people's opinions. Um, And obviously, Cameron's nervous about that. And he's like, oh, my God, is she getting cold feet? Blah, blah, blah. But to be honest, after she meets up with her friend, like one of her best friends, I get why she's nervous. Because. Yeah. I mean, truth be told, if one of my dearest friends went on this, went uh, on this show i may be skeptical and be like yo girl <laughs> what are you doing right now but lauren clearly has her head on straight and if i had a friend who i knew was like logical and like had her own business and was doing shit and like all susu seems like she doesn't have boyfriends yeah like She's not a boy. She's not a dating kind of gal. Well, they said that she had like two relationships, but she's not bringing anyone home to her parents. So and she's not living. She's never lived with a guy. So you'd think that like if I had a friend like that and she came to me and was like, yeah, I'm engaged. I would take that really seriously. And I'd be like, wow, you really must have found your person, huh? And even in that her that that girlfriend of hers when she was just like trying to hold her hand and was like, will you be in my bridal party? And her friends like, yeah, sure. And it was yeah, she said she said, okay. (laughs) yeah, it was just like, yeah, no wonder she's nervous about telling her friends. If that's the reaction, I'd be petrified. And Cameron, you know, at this point, uh, Cameron is feeling nervous uh, big time and he is just so over the moon about her. And he is so confident beyond anything in his life that she is his person. And I really, really, really hope that Lauren goes through with this, or if not, that they just, you know. I think she knows deep down that he's good for her. I really do. Yeah. I think that, I think that she knows that Cameron is a guy who's, who's a good match for her. Yeah. I think that, I think that, um, one of my favorite points of this too, is like, I love Lauren because Lauren's just, just is honest about stuff. And I like when she told her friend, she's like, for me, I'm no longer dealing with an issue of him, you know, because he's white. She's like, it's because I'm nervous about the fact that marriage is serious. And I'm like, listen, Lauren is, you know, she's what, I think 32, and she's never lived with a guy before. She's never been married before. She's never introduced someone to her family before. I'd be like the idea of marriage is horrifying and really scary and really like she's taking that really seriously. And I thought the whole thing is very valid to me. But I I do hope that, you know, it works out for them. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. And uh, I love that she implied that he had a big dick that happened, <laughs> cracking up. Not surprised with Cameron. He definitely gives off that big dick energy. Not surprised <laughs> either. V D E for sure. I definitely thought the same thing. That calm, Not that calm energy is just like yeah, okay. There's just yeah, I get, I get that vibe. <laughs> what you packing? Mm-hmm. Let us know, bud. Uh, um, you want to talk Kenny and Kelly it, quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we don't see so, we haven't seen like a lot of Kenny and Kelly just in general like we said but we do see them making out in bed there's love notes on the refrigerator um and Kelly then is saying I mean I didn't trust Kenny I didn't trust Kenny immediately sorry sometimes the by the way now once again I'm getting insecure about the interrupting sometimes the overlap with the I'm blaming the audio guys I'm blaming the audio <laughs> No, I know. Sometimes I can't really tell if you're done with the sentence or not. I know, Broads. broads. I was just gonna say I don't trust this motherfucker because he's waking up in a velvet red robe. Yeah, you're like, are you Hugh? Are in you bed. Hugh Hefner, my guy? <laughs> but I'm also like a in little the sheets, turned on. In your robe. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Um, oh, no, but I do want to say that too, Broads. Just FYI, we are doing this over Skype, so sometimes our internet connection gets weird and I don't know if I'm cutting you off and we're, like, overlapping or, like, not talking or whatever, so if the audio s- can sometimes be weird. I know it sounds good because we both have our own mics, but also... I know, it sounds like we're in the studio. Yeah, we're not in the studio, we're over Skype and it can kind of get a little weird sometimes. It's funky sometimes. Um, yeah. So... We find out that they haven't had sex yet. And Kenny's like, you know, uh, where are you at? And Kelly. Oh, why haven't we? fucked? Why haven't we? fucked? I mean, it's been now, I guess, like 20 something, like 20 days at this point. I think it's surprising. It is surprising. Um, And then she tells him that in her last relationship, it was hard for her to because she wasn't emotionally connected and that then affected her uh, physical pleasure and she, you know, wasn't able to orgasm. At least that's what it sounded like because of that. Um, and Ken- Kenny, Kenny is just like, um, it's a little awkward because I've never had this conversation with a woman before. <laughs> okay, no, again, like- I was like, um, what the actual fucking fuck no his exact words is he said he's never talked to a woman about that level of detail yeah that's a red flag how old is he i don't remember i actually think he was younger than we thought i think he's like 28 or something oh yeah yeah he is younger than we thought huh but still but still like what? Yeah. I. The other. Th- You've never heard a woman talk about her about an orgasm before. Yeah. The other thing that bothered me um, is that he did say he's like, well, I'm very confident. Some people would say it's like a challenge to do something no one else has done. Um, And I was yelling at the TV. Kenny getting her to reach climax is not a competition against her past partners because guess what when we have when we have a partner who we know is trying to prove something and conquer us we nothing we can feel it nothing worse we can feel it (laughs) nothing worse did you come yet did you come yet that's just not what we want okay that's not what we yeah, want. Even if you're not being obnoxious like that, like the pressure of knowing that someone's like, I'm going to be the one to make you come. Nothing makes me drier. I'm a desert Sahara. Call me. Call me <laughs> Sahara Ambrose over here. If you're going to start with that business. <laughs> I mean, also, I was like, Kelly, listen to our podcast, honey. We have some great <laughs> episodes. You do not have to reach climax for it to be bomb sex i know i wanted to say that too i was just like oh my god you could have such great sex and but you know it was a very it was a very real moment and i appreciated this is another moment that i was like i'm appreciating that this is on television right now that that kelly's being really open and being like hey uh you know if i'm not feeling emotionally connected to a certain level of intimacy i'm gonna have a hard time orgasming and i am nervous about that in our relationship and that is a super fair You know, Kelly, I thought I thought it was super valid. I also thought it was really cool that she was like, Mm -hmm. not that it's something you need to admit, but that she was like admitting. Yeah. Openly about like that kind of thing and having a hard time reaching climaxes. Somebody she did not feel emotionally connected to. I thought it was great. Again, this stuff is all being filmed with a camera crew. So she was being very vulnerable and I really appreciated that. I also am getting more and more nervous by the second for the two of them. I I just feel like there's something looming and, you know, I don't know. I'm nervous. Well, let's talk about Amber and Burnett because we do see a little bump in the road for the first time. We do see a little bump in the road. At least I saw a bump in the road when when she was basically just like... So, first of all, he starts out saying, I don't know what she does all day because she's not working. I was dying. He's like, "Uh, I think she's been doing a lot of Netflix watching. And then she was like, I drank a whole bottle of red wine and tried to put together our guest list. It's like 2 p.m. (laughs) He, yeah. then what the fuck then yeah that's where I was freaking out about them having to pay for their own weddings and her dress and then the way she like asked him to pay for it I was just like this is too real right now and it made me really uncomfortable yeah and she had said too that Barnett had been um uh working day in and day out I feel like I maybe I'm no maybe I'm just now noticing this but I feel like Barnett is getting gray and I feel like he's a little stressed I was like, I didn't realize Barnett was a silver fox. What the fuck? Yeah, it's like he all of a sudden has gotten gray over the past month. And I think that Amber is his person. I really do. And I think that they are wonderful together. But I also think that he's very stressed out and working his ass off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dude, so then we get to the part where they're cooking together and homegirl is paradine cuz obviously she's feeling super insecure about the way she, uh, but, no she's not even insecure about the family she's just insecure about the pos she's trying to scrape up any reason why he might leave her yeah. and is just pushing yes pushing him what side would you be on and i was like oh stop, stop 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 yeah he's nervous about his parents and then when she uh she is asking like what would he do if his parents didn't like approve of her and he was like i don't know and then he says amber says blood is not always thicker than water and then i need to always support her um and he's saying i but i do think that it's important for my wife to support my relationship with my family and i was like now this is some real there's so, there's some real shit that's going down in these past two episodes like some real life relationship shit like the the uh The situation of someone being like, I don't love your my my in-laws, but like I also, you know, don't want to pull my husband my my future husband or wife away from them because they have a relationship. And the idea of being like, I feel like they're unhealthy for my significant other, but you also don't want to be the person who's destroying that relationship like uh, it's really tough. It's really tough mm-hmm and also just the way she was pushing I think was super off-putting and sort of like I totally got where she was coming from oh for sure um but I also could see it being like whoa yeah this is kind of freaking me out a little bit and especially since he's feeling nervous about it and he's like I and telling her like I really want their yeah. approval like I would probably be the exact same as Amber would I'd be like pushing him but uh, you know, probably best move would be like, all right, I know that my person is stressed because of him wanting his parents approval. Best move would be like, hey, you know what? Like, I totally understand you love your family and I want to be there for you through this. Um, and like, how uh, how can I make you feel confident in the fact that like, even if they're nervous that you and I are solid, like, let's talk about that, you know, whatever, not just being like, You need to support me regardless of what anyone says. And again, I feel her because I probably would have said and I'm sure I've said the exact same shit to Evan before, but it puts you it puts someone in an awkward position when they're close to their family, especially. Yeah, it's not fair because you're like, prove yourself in a way that's sort of like impossible for them to to really achieve. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> right. let's wrap this shit up with Jeannie and Damien. Oh, it's God. 1023. Your girl's tired as fuck. Let's get this uh, pregnant. Let's get this pregnant bitch in bed. <laughs> I know. It was so funny because uh, Evan had to text me the other night to... Send over the the SD card, and he texts me at like ten forty. I was passed the oh, fuck no. out. I was I saw that the next morning, and I was just like, "Whoops, sorry." Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I don't guy. have my phone on me generally after about ten fifteen. I'm out, girl. You deserve you deserve. Well, let's let's chat, uh, Damien and Giannina, and then get you in bed. Um. So, all right, I felt triggered with their first fight because I feel like this exact fight has gone down. And yeah, starts out with him calling out on him, calling him out for being on his phone for literally three seconds. Um, and he's calling her out for being on his on her phone all the time, always posting. And she turns <laughs> it into somehow. Do you have a problem with me posting on Instagram? And I'm just like, oh, God god here we fucking and she's like it is one thing that is different than like one thing for me being on my phone versus me being on social media because my business is on my phone now this is going to be a weird transition because you meet someone when you're not looking at them. They don't have their device on them. You're having intimate conversations. And then you go straight to Mexico and have this honeymoon where your phone's not on you. And then all of a sudden it's real life. It's like bachelor shit where then all of a sudden like, hey, she does have to work again. And we don't really know how much her work entails being on the phone, doing all that. Um, I know that it says she's a business owner. I don't know what that specifically is, but um, you know, it, it, but you know, she's, she's, she's an Instagram girl. Yeah, I'm looking up right now what she does. I mean, who knows now what she does post the show. But it's, oh, well, don't forget, oh, don't forget her Instagram buyer, she's a solpreneur. Yeah, she's a solpreneur. So maybe it's some sort of motivational business. But, oh, she does social media consulting. So that's a solpreneur. Okay. Well, I mean, if you're a social media consultant, you're on social media a lot. <laughs> so I can understand, though, then how like he's like she would maybe get defensive and being like, yo, I'm this is my business. It's like, you know, when you're I'm confused. Sorry. On in a Q&A on her Instagram, she said that she used to be in retail Training people how to consult with customers on hair care products. Okay. Is that like an MLM situation? <laughs> That's really what I thought too. Sounds like it. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I don't know what that means. Um, Anywho, it's a anyway, mess. So, it's a, it's a yeah. mess. Like the, the conversation is a disaster. They're they're fighting. They love to fight these two. <laughs> Any way that they can bicker. I don't think he loves to fight. She loves to fight. Yeah. He he doesn't hate. She them. needs to get herself a man that also loves to fight cuz he doesn't actually like it. Yeah. No, it's true. Well, he he does get into it with her later when they have a dinner date and it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite parts of uh, episode eight. And, you know, he is telling her that he, they're sitting down and he's like opening up saying, I feel like a toy, a pawn. He's just opening up about how, you know, she makes him feel. And she is legitimately doing this with her phone. Like she, she keeps almost turning it over and then stopping herself. And then she finally just gives in and just looks at her phone. <laughs> No, I thought at first that it was like a choreographed like diss, you know, where she's like, "I don't give a fuck," I'm picking up my phone, and then it was like literally like it was compulsive. Yes, no, this might be some dark shit, but I will say when Evan and I get in an argument, as soon as he starts coming at me, I. And he's called me out for this before. I will grab my phone and I will start like messing around on my phone. I am not paying attention to it at all. Like I am literally fully disconnected, but it's almost like this nervous, like I'm picking it up because I don't like hear like what he's saying is like upsetting me in some way. And so I'm just kind of like, you know, fiddling. It's a low key, like it's a low key, like slightly unintentional, passive aggressive move. Yes, yes. it's like i don't want to hear what you're saying so i'm just gonna pick that up and obviously i mean it was it was crazy though given the given the context of their prior conversation oh it couldn't have been it was like orchestrated by the gods it was perfection it was production perfection honestly um bro i hate this guy he says He says, you'll lose me if you keep up with this. I'm like, good, go, please. Literally, anyone would be better off without you. Sorry, I hate him. And then he said, he hates how much she says God. He says, GD. (laughs) And I vomited a little bit in my mouth. I could never kiss someone again who said, I don't like how much you say gd well the way (laughs) i'd be like what the way he says it is he was just like when he says as much as you're sorry because she apologizes and she gets teary and she's like i'm sorry you're like you're right you're right and then he says as much as you're sorry i'm sorry because i haven't been true to myself i've become submissive because i'm scared i'm gonna upset you and on that note another pet peeve (laughs) of mine is how how much you say gd And that's where I was like, dude, I I understand people not like, you know, I understand if you like certain people with certain religious beliefs that that phrase makes them uncomfortable. That's fine. I have no problem with someone being like in a relationship being like, hey, you know what? When you say that, like it kind of just it rubs me the wrong way. But when he, he was on a fucking mountaintop, he got this surge of adrenaline and was just like empowered and like. That was, I will no longer submit to you. And by the way, when you say GD, it makes me real upset. But he did the fact that he said GD. I know. Also, I could not believe it. No, I fell out of my chair. I fell out of my chair, especially because Damien says fuck a lot, by the way. Well and I know what you're talking about too because it's like I I had a boyfriend where I was like but I didn't bring it up like this like you said like you said he got like this surge of confidence where he's like and you need to stop saying GD. (laughs) No I remember having a boyfriend where I I brought it I didn't bring it up to him he was like saying something and he was like Jesus and I was just like you say Jesus Christ way too fucking much Jesus stop it. (laughs) Jesus Christ stop saying it so much but it was like that kind of thing you say offhand like God, you say god damn so much and it really bugs me. Please stop. Yeah. It's like th- that's instead the of being like, you please stop saying G D. <laughs> and that's that. And if it's you like s- someone's dad like you said, dad. If you say it's like someone's yeah, weird dad. Yeah. And if you say, if you keep saying G D, you will lose me. You will lose me. And I am and I'm your and, gift. Then, and <laughs> politics will be an issue. <laughs> it's just like it was just so uncomfortable and so awkward and like, but again, in this weird twist of fate, because they're Damien and Giannina, this was somehow turning her on. Like he's then t- telling no, it would turn her on is after when he says he he's like, oh, I didn't know I would help you with care packages to send your family oh, in yeah, about the, poli- when the politics and yeah. she goes. And she goes, this is why I fell in love with you and starts making out with him in the restaurant, standing up across the table. And I would be livid <laughs> if I was in the table next to them. she moved that water. She moved the water and leaned in. And Damien, did you hear him say, wow? He was literally, wow. <laughs> It's just the messiest thing I've ever seen. Now, Jessica, ever I know everyone calls her Messica. Yes, she's a hot mess. The girl enjoys her vino a little too much. Um, But the Damien-Giannina relationship is the messiest relation. It is a mess. It is a mess. Well, that's the thing. If Jessica was to get some therapy and get some counseling and get sober, Jessica would be in a pretty good place. I feel like now, Giannina's sober. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like, uh, like Jessica. You know, like, like we heard she has some things that she has to work through, and I think I, you know, like I said, I can't help but I, I, I do have a thing about Giannina that I just she kind of tickles me. Do not enjoy Damon, Dame, Dame, Dame. Good old Dame. <laughs> do not enjoy dame that's for <laughs> sure um but it's just their their relationship is just uncomfy and it needs it just needs to not it needs to not be there okay i'm going to pretend for a second like i don't just like i can't just stand uh Gianina. so don't take this as me just being super biased but i think that like can't stand Damien, but she Nina has got some serious shit to work through because it looks like she, if we're going to talk about self-sabotage, gets off on and really enjoys being in toxic situations with her partners. Yes. Like, that's all she knows and all she knows how to be satifi- satisfied with. Yes, I agree. I think the reason that I have the feelings... Because she's drawn to this toxic dynamic. Yeah. Like. She needs it. Yeah, I think the, f- the reason I have the feelings I do is that I just look at them from a friend situation. And I was like, oh, I could totally see myself being friends with someone like Giannina, even though she's wild and crazy. Like, I could see myself having fun with her and Dame- Damien, I could just never even know. And so I just. Well, I- Damien just sucks. Like, Damien is just. Damon's just annoying. And like you said, I can't tell if he's an asshole or not. Like I'm always going in and out of being like, are you just awkward and just don't know how to na- maybe communicate certain things or are very serious and unemotional about certain things or are you kind of an asshole like I can't f- quite place it. Well, he's kind of lofty. Yeah. He's kind of lofty and that it's annoying. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. And God knows that they're going to probably force themselves to get married. Let's be real. Like, <laughs> they're just going to force know, themselves into I f- this wedding. I feel like I've... I know, and I feel like I've seen shit here and there that makes me think that they're still together, and that just really bothers me. Oh, they're still and together? And honestly, like... M- I think, I, I mean, I actually don't know, but there's some stuff that like made me like comments from people that made me think that, which was pretty fucking mind blowing. But like, look, me being annoyed by Gianina aside, she shouldn't be with him because she should be with a guy who is, I mean, I think she just needs, I don't know. I guess it didn't work out for her parents and things are going way better with Carlos now, but <laughs> I mean... She needs someone and even Carlos has a little bit of fire in him and he's a better match for her mom. She needs someone that is a little bit more. I don't like using the word passionate because they're conflating right now passion with just toxicity. But she needs someone with like a little who can match a little bit of that fire so that she doesn't have to constantly be picking fights in order to get that fire that she wants in the relationship. Um, Agreed. Times 10. Yeah. Well, that was a lot. And that was a lot of shit that went down in two episodes. And I am really excited because uh, I saw the little description for the next episode. And I saw Bachelor and Bachelorette parties, which is one of my most favorite things to observe out in the wild, let alone on Love is Blind. Love is Blind. So our... Yeah, and thankfully we don't have to talk about this. We can put this off for another week because... God knows I'm fucking wiped with love is blind. <laughs> Can you believe you're about to attempt to do three episodes? It would be a four hour. It would be a four hour episode for sure. <laughs> four and a half. Four and a half. Well, so, broads, we but love is. Bl- I mean, listen to your heart. broads. I'm, Tuesday. I'm I'm actually like I was dreading recapping this. But now because we don't have any other option, I'm getting really Like I'm getting really hyped for this. And I know it's going to make me crazy. And I'm looking forward to that um so yes listen to your heart tuesday and then thursday we will come out with the final love is blind recap and uh then dive into some more fun stuff from there loves it loves you (laughs) loves you broads loves you broads let's chat soon okay (laughs) chat soon bye
0: When you go on holiday, there is no finer achievement than doing absolutely nothing. Nothing on the beach, nothing by the pool. Walking kind of nowhere and chatting about nothing. As an Expedia member, you can save up to 30% when you add a hotel to your flight. So you can have a bit more money to go out there with great ambition to do absolutely nothing. Expedia. Made to travel.